Spectre always delivers what it promises. Our whole organization depends on our keeping those promises. I warn you, we do not tolerate failure number three. You know the penalty. Yes. Number one. Our rules are very simple. If you fail... Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fast Day with Films. <laughs> Rolling in my 5.0. <laughs> Rolling in my Aston Martin. <laughs> you know how much money that motherfucker's made? He was on some show where they were uh, they were touring his like house and they were showing he was showing off his gold records and everything. And he's in, he's like an architect now in yeah. like no, South he's a Florida. Real estate or real estate is that what it is? Yeah. But he builds houses. He I might, mean, but he also flips them. Yeah, but houses. I know he builds them. He like I've seen him like in the big like construction vehicles doing shit so he actually yeah, knows he how won. to do it so does uh <laughs> so does adam carolla yeah uh he does like the what same the thing he need he, he's like a fucking construction wizard and everything it's weird so i think he's got a whole separate in- income i would enjoy fuck you vanilla ice i want your money <laughs> <laughs> my wife she does her own architectural plans yeah she just does She's it around the house though for the house yeah yeah um but she's got designs for a green big greenhouse do it Sell them. Got to make that hay at home now. (laughs) So, yeah, we are back in the backyard, which is our our two uh, studios now. One of them is inside the house, inside at the desk when I do uh, the pod with Justin. And the the second part is out here in the backyard. I do do enjoy it out in the backyard. We should do the podcast at my house in the yard. Yeah, I mean, we really could with Justin. We just get get another thing. We sit our way to ourselves around and everything. It it would be pretty easy. The problem with Justin right now is it's probably better for him right now because he's got so little time. Uh, Like, we're going to do, we're recording one, like, next week week at like 10 a.m. on a Thursday morning or something like that. But in the next couple of weeks, it will it will get to that point where we'll be able to... Will it? Yes, it will. Because we've... Uh... Not if Danny Boyle has anything to say about <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. You giving that shit away already? <laughs> that's all right. That's not a secret. <laughs> so what's been going on with you the whole uh, um, week? Anything interesting? No. <laughs> Let me think. These days blend together. What is today? Played play a lot of conflict, <laughs> global terror. Yeah. Golf? And I've been hitting golf balls, yeah. uh, which is nice. I had to wait till Play It Again Sports opens again because I had no gloves. Huh. And my hands just get chewed. Online, up. man. Get that shit yeah. shipped. I ship everything online. If, I, before I go to a store, I always got to check online. I hate if it's Amazon. There. Yeah, but I don't always go through Amazon. Amazon, yeah, is probably the shittiest because, and, and you wouldn't think they would be with a fleet of vehicles around every even city that, now. Even, just the idea of them is shit. Oh, well, that's true, too. <laughs> like... You don't become the world's richest man in four years without exploiting your workers and, yeah. and, and paying no taxes. Paying no taxes. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I'm a, I'm, listen, I'm a capitalist. Everybody knows this. I get it. but <laughs> I get it. Like I told my wife last night, it's like, if I was going to consult for the greedy assholes of the world, I would get them all in the room and I'd say, hey, just be like 2% less greedy <laughs> yeah. and nobody will notice. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can keep on doing it forever. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't done a whole hell of a lot. Just stuff around the house, and I'm pulling up some old projects because I want to be able to uh, start pitching some stuff again. And uh, I've been doing some editing. Movies. And, I've been uh, watching movies. Watching tons of movies. I. Uh, <clears throat> do you watch that Dark Waters? Uh, not yet. Uh, not uh, done. Do you know what I did watch though? And I think I told you this already. I've been watching all the final rounds of the Masters that Tiger That's not Woods movies. won. <laughs> 
Fascinated with woods. Fascinated with woods. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I every once in a while I could get into those old ones and everything, but without knowing the the rest of the players, it really hinders me. It was it was fun back in the day to watch uh, watch golf on TV when I knew every player. Yeah. Now it's just like, all right, I'm here just to w- see if what Tiger does. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's interesting. It's like watching Jordan go out there and play and only being interested in Jordan, but. Uh, yeah, that Dark Waters I watched this week. I just bought it because it was uh, at Redbox to like rent for two bucks or own for six bucks. And I said, I, it's some of those movies you know you're going to like. You a deal. Yeah, you can't deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of those movies I know I'm going to like before I even watch them. And I had seen that trailer, and I wanted to see it in the theater back in the day. Remind me again. That was the DuPont. The Mark DuPont. Ruffalo is a like corporate lawyer who defends corporate uh but someone where in West Virginia where he lived, he lived in West Virginia where he grew up, and his mama told the neighbor guy, hey, call my son. He's a lawyer. He could help you when he has a problem. He has like 190 cows that just dropped dead on his property. And DuPont's been dumping chemicals in the back uh, there for like 30 years, and no one's done shit about it. It's kind of like uh, Aaron Brockovich with Mark uh, Ruffalo and everything, and... It's crazy when they like he, he like comes to him and he's he's like you know I defend corporate corporations. He says yep. Well now you're gonna defend me, <laughs> and he the, he gives him these tapes and he brings them out in the farm and like the 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 uh, farmer's like taking pieces of cows out of his freezer. He says that's a brain I pulled out of a cow. That's some teeth I pulled out of a cow, and they're all nasty and everything. He says you see shit like that. He's I'm feeding my family this shit. He says and the, uh, and he realized how wide this shit goes. It was it was good. You'd love it because it's like it's right in my alley. it's right up your alley and it's like you investigation. It, well, it's totally he drops like the uh, the boxes and goes through them and like for like 15, 20 minutes. You know all the the different qu- quick cuts of what's going on and the money that's transferred and who's involved in it. it it's fun, man. It's funny because my the favorite part of my job now is uh, research. Yeah, I like if. My client says, I want, I want a strategy on how we can do this. Yeah, yeah. I always like research I more like research, than man. anything Just, else. <laughs> it, it's fun. It's like it's yeah. like being a detective. And you can do it from home. And you can do it from home. Yeah, which is a bonus. Anyone that had those remote jobs before this thing hit, they, their life has not changed one bit. Like, if know? I put on my resume now, I've been doing all of my work remotely for the last four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's got to help because everyone else is trying to learn a whole different way of doing yeah. things, you know? It's, so. The hardest part about working from home, and this is getting off track, is, <laughs> is not watching movies. We always, <laughs> we always begin with the first 10 minutes of uh, it, bullshit. The hardest so. part is, is overlooking all the distractions that your home provides you. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I was telling Christina yesterday, I said, I'm not currently writing a script right now, but if I was, I'm sure as fuck wouldn't be doing it here. <laughs> because she was having trouble concentration with like three or four things going on. I said, I get it. You want to go out and you want to do it someplace yeah. else. You I just got to be detailed I can scheduling. Re- I can schedule myself and say, okay, from 9 to 11, I'm going to do yeah. this. And then from 11 to 12, I can yeah, slack yeah, yeah, off yeah, and do yeah. nothing. Well, that's the thing. you got to give yourself, a, like, when you get up the first three hours, hardcore, do stuff, and then you can give yourself some time and everything. That's kind of how I do it. Uh, unfortunately, I, in those categories, I put movies I need to watch for the pod on that. Yeah. <laughs> there, so that yeah. sucks up. I watched two movies. I watched two movies yesterday, and it just sucks up four hours. I mean, I it's watched, fun. It's a I fun four seven, hours. but seven this last week. Seven? Like from the pod or all the ones from too? From just the pod. Just so you are familiar with some with shit seven here. 
<laughs> and he says a bunch of other ones that I'm really familiar with. Yeah, and this then is a, a couple that I'm kind of. Yeah. This is a great category right here. My, man. One of my favorites. This 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 category could go. We could have we'll picked a top thirty. Yeah, we could do a part we could two do either. Part, we could do a part three. Yeah, we could do a part three just, because there's a just lot. Just because of uh, just because of number four. That or the sequels in number 12, or the sequels yep. in number 5. I mean, yep. yeah, there's a lot of uh, really great stuff that they've uh, done with spy films over the years. A lot of British, a lot of Russians, a lot of German uh, spy films out there. Yeah, one on here is German. Yeah, one really on here, and they've got a lot more. I mean, there's like uh, there's like seven Hitchcock movies that deal with spies, and we didn't pick... We, we picked one of them. We, we did. We picked one. one of them, but there's a, so many of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so what happened is we went through and we picked 12 really great spy films, and we're going to talk about those today. And uh, don't be upset if one of your favorites is left off here and everything, because it will probably be on a part two. Yeah, you can't do them all, man. Yeah, we can plan for a part two. That could be done in the next few weeks and everything. It just wasn't constructed as a two-part episode, but we could easily construct it. Plus, I get to watch seven more spy movies. Yeah, I know. I do. Yeah, like, those you got to find them. You just got lucky that I owned a whole like, bunch of them too. It's either that or you want to do serial killer episode yeah. next. That's we haven't done a serial killer mainly because I I feel weird about actually putting that in the title. That's my favorite, <laughs> Dave's favorite, Dave's favorite. Paul's just Every here t- for the you ride. Wanna, you want to click me to clickbait on an article? Put serial. Well, killer Well, that's in true it. too. Because I saw this article yesterday. It's like serial killers should. This professor and this is going off now. This professor created an algorithm that had put all the little information from murders across the yeah. country into a computer. Mm. And he started calling police departments and was like, I think you have a serial killer in Indiana right mm. now. He's like, and list all the reason why. Yeah. And he's been right like three or four times. Mm. I've noticed even with the uh, the podcast, you put a key word in there or you put something in the mm. title and everything, people will jump on it more than not. The one that had, the one like 10 episodes ago that had pimp in the uh, title, mm. very popular. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, <laughs> sure I, I do the keyword searches for one of my clients, and yeah. I always put in Madden. I always put in. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I always put in name things that aren't quite related, but yeah. that people would want. Usually for this, I put like action, comedy, eighties, nineties, uh, and then usually specific like this. I'll put spy on it and everything, and obvi- obviously but, always but movies if you put and films. Like James Bond that you're gonna get a titties. <laughs> yeah, I'm titties. telling you, man. You you just throw that in there, and you're like, is that one of their keywords up there? Why does it say titties up there? I don't know, but I'm clicking on it. <laughs> <laughs> I might listen to an hour and 20 minutes and not hear anything about titties. <laughs> All right, so I say we go through this, man. Where are you starting? Well, let's go on to the top list, man. Let's go up. Let's go right down, man. List. All right, this first one, man, and this is the first one a lot of people don't know about. I, I have to always kind of introduce this movie to people, and... I had an interest to me. Like, I found it a little later. It was the '90s still, and in the '90s, I always appreciated it, but it didn't like fully appreciate it until I got older and I really enjoyed those slow, methodical movies. Yeah. And this is 1974's *The Conversation*. Yeah. Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. One of Francis Ford Coppola's like, I think he came out and said this was his favorite film. To be honest with you, because anyone who doesn't know, Francis Ford Coppola did *The Godfather*, <laughs> *Apocalypse Now*. He hated the uh, one just because of the. Stressy. Yeah, I mean that's probably part of it too. That this was probably the one with the very little. It's probably stress not on his it. best movie, but it's probably his favorite because it was so low stress. Uh, really amazingly uh, played by, and it's one of my favorite kind of acting jobs by Gene Hackman. Oh yeah. I mean, he, he really awesome. had to do something mm-hmm. different. It's very slow. Uh, we should also mention the great uh, John Kazeel. Is it John Kazeel? He's the Fredo. I yep. think that's what his name is. He's on five movies. I mean, he died early. He died young. He, he died, died like. 
40 or something like I've that. I've seen a bunch with him. You've seen all though. five of them. So Wait, he's been in Godfather. He's yeah. only been in five films. Deer Hunter. Godfather, Godfather 2. Dog Day Afternoon. Dog Day Afternoon, Deer Hunter, and The Conversation. That's it? That's it. Really? Yeah, that's, that, it. that's all he's done. Yeah, he's so he only did five movies, and they're all fucking phenomenal. And that's what people talk about him dying young, that this guy could have yeah. went on to do a whole you bunch to of see, shit, too. Um, a super young Harrison Ford. Really young Harrison Ford in a weird role. That scene yeah. where they were fighting over that piece of paper yeah. <laughs> over the folder. I mm-hmm. thought that was great. So why don't you tell us a little bit of what's ha- kind of happening in the so conversation. He, uh, Gene Hackman's like a... It's a similar movie to... Le- industry-leading uh, private investigator. Yeah. Like, that basically... Bugs. Bugs houses and listens. Bugs houses and- does... In that... that it- so, oh, the great Cindy Williams was in this. Yeah, she was she great. Was and really... so wasn't the, the guy that she was talking yep. with is the guy from Falling Down yep. that had the bald head yeah, yeah, yeah. Nazi. But he was also Apocalypse Now. He yep. was Never Get Out of the Boat. Never Get Out of the Boat. Who looks completely different in yeah. everything yeah, you yeah. see him in. Well, he had that 21 Jump mustache. Street. He was uh, first season yep. of 21 Jump Street. He was the boss. He was a Yeah, you, you really, he looks completely different Apocalypse Now. Like, he's never looked that way. Well, if you look at that, and then you look at this, and then you look at freaking, he looks like Bill Hicks in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you look at him in Falling Down. Falling Down was a crazy role for him, man. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, he got hired for a job to tail this couple that were meeting, and... It was a tough job, I mean, because they were meeting... They, were in, they wanted to meet in a crowd, and they wanted to move yeah. while they were talking. There must have been 30... Uh, this is a popular square. There must have been 30 or 40 people in that square having yeah. separate conversations. Yeah. That's and, why it was so difficult for... And they needed the best to be able to go in there. And and, so they, they, they got the conversation on tape, and then they were back. He's back at his lab, like, scrubbing it. And yeah. He had some tension with... What's his name? I mean, speaking of this he didn't movie... He not want to share anything with... Yeah, with his partner. He's a weird guy. You know, he he took this craft like super seriously. Mm -hmm. He was super religious. He was getting on people for using the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. And and us just speaking uh, quickly about this film almost is going to make it sound more exciting than it really is. It really is slow. So I want people to realize going into it. Except for. A couple of the yeah, like Mission Im- the Mission ones. Impossible ones and stuff like that. Yeah, the there is a there is a there's range. A definite. Well, I guess there's a split mix. The, yeah, this is a good uh, one that has a barometer. You know, it's either the low end of mm-hmm. being like very kind or of or the uh, very high end, or the very high end would probably be one of the Mission Impossible movies as the as the level of excitement that is. And this is definitely towards the lower, but it's it's fascinating to watch. And I love the stuff where he goes to the spy like uh, oh, the convention, the convention, and yeah. he meets that asshole. That from, uh, was he on Three's Company? No, he was on um, Beverly Hills Cop Beverly 2. Beverly Hills Cop 2. He was the asshole. That's right. <laughs> <It's> boss. <laughs> Why is he talking? <laughs> yeah, he was really good. He, he's perfect for playing that loud-mouthed asshole and everything. It, it was so strange that he, he went out with them for drinks, yeah. but then he brought him back to his lab, remember? Yeah, and, it was so unlike his character, but, was, but I liked it that he did it. I that, did. That you could see that he's trying to fit into a group of people because you could tell this guy has had some stuff in his life and he had a job go bad. Remember, it ended up getting somebody killed mm-hmm. uh, uh, because of something that he had done. So he, he was kind of... probably why he... He was kind of weary about what was going conscience. on. he had a conscience. You could see that he he thought... So it was. there's a weird twist in this movie. Are we spoiling this? Uh, well, you could spoil, wheel, ma- maybe spoil the, uh, what happens at the party when hmm. he wakes up in the morning. I don't you know, know. remember when, you, when that girl uh, flirts with him? Oh, she stole all the stuff. Yeah, she, she stole, stole all the stuff, stuff that he had been recording and yeah, everything. Yeah. So at that point, he realizes, oh, shit, what's on the audio? Well, we don't have to mention the, uh, that big actor and uh, where uh Because you thought the they were going to kill. You, you, you're, 
you're watching and you and you're assuming that a certain outcome is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it happens the other way, and it, it happens it's, the other way. It's really enjoyable to watch kind of unfold. What's also enjoyable is. Uh, he he kind of loses his mind at some point just oh. because of uh, the job that he's doing and what he, must he knows. Because uh, there's a scene where the he's just—is it that the last the very scene? Last yeah, three minutes of the movie. Is uh, well, and we won't mention it, but it's really great. It it really shows how kind of. Um, when you're that much in your mind and you're obsessed and you and you know the you know the inner workings you know it's like uh it's like snowden it's like snowden saying don't you gotta cover your webcam dumbass he said you don't he probably checks the phone lines every time he comes in the the idea that people leave their webcam without a sticker on top of it to him has got to be the most ridiculous thing in the world because uh, i mean if you're using it i do they have a device that you can swivel up and swivel down because that seems like a device that you could attach to your thing because everyone's using stickers basically Right yeah, there. I think there's a good way. There's a good product out there that they can build that clips at the top and just swivels up and swivels back. Because people are using that shit now more than ever. That webcam because of the zoom. I, I haven't even tried with mine. I can, but I just my internet's not. Why does everyone else's everyone else's internet is awesome? Because everyone I've seen of those zooms, there's never a fuck up on it. Yeah, it's weird. Everybody else has awesome internet. Oh, that must be it. All right, just internet service. Yeah, is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. Well, it sucks. But this movie is fucking phenomenal, man. Uh, I, I can't recommend this highly enough. If you really like those like uh, investigation-type movies with really phenomenal actors and everything, and, and it was a great outcome with it, and you got to see a great character study played brilliantly by uh, Gene Hackman, who I'm, I want to say he was nominated for this, but this was in his prime, man, because he had... I don't think he had done uh, French Connection yet. I think that was after 74. 74 is pretty early. It's funny because uh, this, like, this is how many years before before uh, Star Wars? Star Wars 77. Empire Strikes Back? Empire was 80. So you see, this is six years you see Harrison Ford, and he sort of was unknown. Well, I mean, you go to the New Hope first. That's that, that's three years, that's so it's I mean, before right. three years. Apocalypse Now. I think we saw him only in those minor roles. One scene. Yeah, that and that was also Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. It, it's it's great. I well, can't. He got, he got the audition because he knew Francis. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Francis right. Ford Coppola, uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, George Lucas, and Brian De Palma were all best friends at this time, castings. and they shared castings and they shared like information and they helped each other. And uh, this was back when uh, wasn't the Francis Ford Coppola dude supposed to play Luke Skywalker? He was going to play and Luke, and he, played, and he uh, went and Carrie instead. He, yeah. Uh, yeah, William Cat. So it's interesting. A lot of those old connections back in the day, and uh, yeah, Francis Ford Coppola not. He also did The Outsiders, which I mean was a We've huge never movie. Really talked about Man, it's so good. We need a Francis Ford Coppola one, but it's going to be a short and condensed one because he hasn't done a whole lot after a certain point, you know. And now he's just enjoying his his wine sales, which are probably killing it. I mean, I know a lot of people that do drink that wine and like that wine. Have you tried his wine? It's too expensive, but it's good. it's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. He wouldn't do anything half no. Well, that is the conversation. Let's have another one. <laughs> is there a sequel? <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. I would watch it. Oh, that's funny that you say that, too. Because w- watching it, I'm like, in my mind, I like to think this is the prequel to Enemy of the State. Yeah. And that is oh, yeah, what yeah. he is doing yeah. before uh-huh. he becomes the guy exactly. in Enemy of the State. You really could think that yeah. if you uh, if you watch those two movies right after each other. You the end of this into the beginning of Enemy of the State. Put it up. Yeah, man. That was, <laughs> I'm telling you, that was, it was really good because you never know that guy's background. And that would have been the perfect background for him to have. 
All right, but 982, this guy's done a lot of movies, and we're gonna, in, our, oh, yeah. in our future, we're going to do a... Uh, well, I was considering doing it as an acting pod, and I was like, no, I think we should do it as a directing pod. And uh, that's the great Clint Eastwood, and this one has always been one of my favorite Clint Eastwood's top five of my favorite Clint Eastwood movies is 1982's Firefox. We watched this really young we did. on Park Street on HBO, and it had a couple scenes in it that you were like, holy crap, you got to see uh, people get shot really brutally yep. and... Uh, it was rated... When I think spy it, movies, I think Firefox, man. It was rated... It was PG. It shouldn't have been. It was rated so that... I don't know. My neighbors, like, smuggled a copy yeah. to us. And, like, really? Because I, I saw it on HBO. Probably. It, there wasn't anything that bad on it. It, it wasn't like so the either. No, it wasn't like the thing that, uh, that Dad would watch it. And I don't think there was any nudity. There was just a couple... Uh, uh, there was a couple, uh, like, complete machine gun shots, like the mm-hmm. guy from Raiders of the Lost yeah, Ark yeah, yeah. got it and everything, which is the only other thing I remember him from, <laughs> uh, from Raiders of the Lost Ark, the guy who got that medallion yeah, burned yeah. into his hand. He was great in this. Uh, but this was a really great, also, character study. That's what's great about a lot of these movies, you know, when, when you got a spy uh, kind of genre, you can, uh, a lot of times you can really tone in on or hone in on the... Uh, the main actor in this and all the struggles and problems he's had. We didn't put gross point blank on this, but that will probably be on part two. Stabbers? Yeah, Stabbers. That will definitely be on part two. I'm going to work that up later on. I'm telling you, I'm going to send you a list. Uh, but what's going on in Firefox is he is a former Vietnam. Is a Vietnam, right? You get dental. <laughs> you get dental. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dan Eckroyd. He's a former Navy pilot, top of his class. Vietnam, though, right? Vietnam. Yeah. Um, and he's got issues. He's got issues like most of them. He and he got shot down at one point, right? And then they uh, they, and they, they tortured the, him. It was like a McCain they situation. The McCain in the bamboo yeah. cage, and he kept flashback. Remember, he kept yeah some really bad flashbacks. Shooting that one young, at the beginning. Shot like a young kid. Yeah. In the when they broke him out of the camp. Yeah. Like he got broken out of the camp. So. I think the opening scene is the black helicopter landing on his front yard. Yeah, and he was freaking out. He, like, ran back. Yeah. He was on a jog, and then he, like, ran back to his house, hid in, like, the kitchen on the floor with a rifle in his hand. Mm-hmm. And then and then the next shot is the two so, yeah. the two military guys, like, over his Talk head. Talk about brave. And, uh, coming to somebody's house. And... Like, are you okay, sir? <laughs> Clearly, I'm not ready for whatever mission you have to send me on. <laughs> what are the charges? <laughs> Just like Apocalypse Now, he thought he was being arrested. I mean, it's like, this is, like, the same situation. Mm-hmm. It, it, it didn't seem as cheesy and this might have been one of the first times, not very first times that have been done it, but that situation where the government has to show up at the house to get the ex-pro mm-hmm. to do it, like McGruber or Rambo and all that, yeah, where they got to go pick him up. There's and nobody better. <laughs> so in bed, you got to pick this I guy I mean, up. it was a crazy plot. Yeah. So the Russians had developed the next generation of stealth fighter yeah. and beat us to it. And uh, I love the scientist that explains it all, the guy from Krull. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a really, really good. And then, so they were like... If we think we can get you on the base, do you think you could fly it? And steal it and steal fly it the and stealth fly plane. Yeah. Um, it's funny because growing up, I remember a lot of the dogfight stuff, but that's only the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. So you didn't remember a lot of this when you rewatched it? I, I did slowly. Yeah. I... I I love the music. I love the the, the panic that he had. Uh, some of the best stuff is like them putting him in disguise. They, they showed him a picture of who he was supposed to be. This guy, yeah. and they killed him, right? Or they just got him out of the situation. The the guy that he was supposed to impersonate. They 
they killed him in front of him. Yeah, like they, that's right. That's right. Him yeah, here's this guy, and then we're going to make him look like you. And they were like, here's a recorder. Don't lose it. If you lose it, you can't come home. <laughs> He's telling us all this like intricate stuff. If you fuck this up, you can't come home. If you do this, mm-hmm. this is going to go wrong and everything. And then watching him go through the checkpoints yep. and the sweating and then seeing how he dealed, uh, dealt with it. Like I love how he like snapped into it at one point. And he was like, I've done this several times, and this is the first time I've been harassed. He says, yeah, I will be talking to your superiors about it. And then there's other times where you could tell that, oh, shit, he's about to have a flashback. The part where he was in the bathroom, yep. like that was on the base, right? Mm-hmm. Man, it was good. so. The last half hour was at like the base. Last half hour was him stealing the thing. But yeah. what I liked, what I enjoyed about this, is uh, is the gaming back and forth. They, he stole the plane. They were trying to figure out what he was going to do. Yeah, like, before he remember did. Remember, he yeah, flew yeah. in one direction and fake yeah. and and made and he like flew over a commercial Russian yeah. liner, so they would report him. That Russian but then guy. Then he turned around and went the other way. So they were trying to figure out where is he going next? Where is he going next? And then he lands on the ice. That was yeah, yeah. Cool. I also, yeah, because he had to refuel. I had to refuel with that. Yeah, but I love, even going earlier back, that stuff with his handler, that, like, oh, rough yeah, and gruff yeah, yeah, guy yeah, yeah, that, like, yeah, basically yeah. gave his life for him mm-hmm. at some point. And he's like, I'm not as important as you. Can you really steal this plane? He's, he's like, I can steal it. And he's like, all right, well, then you got to do it. And I, I the guy from... Uh, uh, raise the Lost Ark, and then the husband and wife team that were the scientists that helped him get in there and everything. Everyone played a like little small part in him accomplishing this mission, and I thought it was really enjoyable. The Russian guys that they had on there, one of them was the guy from uh, Empire Strikes Back. He was the one that ran the uh, the Death Star oh, yeah. at, at that point, uh, and he was really good in it. I love Firefox. The guy man. that was chasing him in the dogfight at the end, he's a fa- I've seen him. Yeah, he's good too. Who the he- where the hell did I see him? He looks like he's not him, but he looks like Pascal a little bit from uh, Pet Cemetery. He has that very like Eastern European kind of yeah. look. He looks a little bit like the guy Man, I keep thinking of new spy movies we should have had on here. I was like, Remo Williams. Well, remember what, what was it? What was it? Tell me. Remo Williams. Oh, oh yeah, Remo Williams Remo, is a great spy movie. The guy from I'm putting Remo that on Williams there. Williams with the, the diamond tooth. Oh, he, man. Like he did kind of look like him, but he also looks like Basco. <laughs> yeah, he always plays a scumbag. That guy, he's awesome. Uh, yeah, Firefox, check it out, man. You won't be disappointed if you're if you're a uh, Clint Eastwood fan. Shining and <laughs> Shine Through is a good one too. I just got that back from mom too. She loved it. Uh, all right, this next one. This is one I've only seen once. I saw it in the theater, and I think this was a remake of a British series or movie. I'm not. I can't remember. I uh, I know it was a remake of the British one, and this is 2011's Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. This was one of those films, very rarely has it ever happened to me, where I watch it and I don't quite understand it. Yeah, it's a very confusing movie. I had to go Super back. confusing. And only the third time yep. was I able to watch it through and connect all the dots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because everybody was somebody else and somebody was in charge and nobody was in charge. And then it was it, it just... It showed you like the. This is the type of movie that it, it's almost helpful. I've found on a lot of the confusing movies because a lot of times I'll listen to movies early in the morning when my wife's sleeping, so I'll put subtitles on. And I've realized with subtitles, it really gets you to know people's names. Yeah. Real easily, yeah, yeah, yeah. like this is Johnson, and they're talking about okay. him because they'll put Johnson colon on it. This might be one of those movies that do yeah. it because they constantly are mentioning the who's speaking and everything. Fabulous. Amazing cast. Uh, who we got? So we got Gary, Gary Oldman, Oldman, who is probably uh, at the top of his game. The, uh, Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Um, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Who's the dude? Uh, Who the hell else is in this? Super famous dude. Well, the guy from M- M- The Mist is on there. He was great. Who's in The Mist? Andre Brewer? The shot. The, the, gun, the one that was a good shot. The Glossy Kirk. Oh, yeah, yeah. The little guy. He's he from the Marvel the movies. Yeah, he played Hitchcock he in that one thing. Yep. He um, was great in it. 
And so tell us a little bit about what's going on here. I mean, this is obviously, this is what, British Secret Service? British Secret or? Service, OAS. Uh, yeah, what is that called? Um, Office of... MI6? It's not MI6, is it? No, well, there is an MI6, but yeah. there's also an OAS. Okay. Office of Intelligence. Affairs. Um, <laughs> basically, there's... There's... They have a Russian mole mm-hmm. in the group. And they're like tight group of spies. Of like six or s- five or six people. And, and Gary it, Oldman is in charge of trying to figure out who it is. And this was type of situation it seemed like... I gotta look up this other guy. E- even though um, it, this particular spy institute, if I remember correctly, they almost didn't know a lot about each other either. Like the other well, they spies, did, but that it was all there was all secret. There was all like background stuff because there were the Tinker Tailor Soldier spies are like code names, right? Mm-hmm. They were code names, and they were affiliated with each of the different people. And I think that was part of it that we weren't sure who those people were. Did we find out from the get go who Tinker Tailor yeah, Soldier spies were? They, they, they laid it out. out okay, I'm look. I'm pulling up the cast because I got a. Gary Oldman looked great in this movie too. You know, they kind of like uh, a lot of times. I, I saw Mark someone. Strong. Mark Strong's he awesome. Was great. John Hurt was great. John Hurt. Um, John Hurt's the alien one, not William Hurt, right? Yeah. John, yeah, alien. My buddy. Uh, you buddy? Syrian Hines. Oh, Killian Hines, Killian man. Hines. He's the fucking uh, man from uh, Munich in uh, Rome and Road to Perdition. He's so good, man. You can put. It's weird that that's the cast. Ben, because, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. He's, he was my favorite. He was. Yeah, he's the one Gary that had Oldman's, him do that. Uh, he was Gary Oldman's right hand man. That was the exciting part of the movie, really. I tell you what, you want to make me anxious? Yeah. Have somebody go into somewhere where they have a very high chance of getting caught yeah. doing something yeah, yeah, they yeah. shouldn't be doing. <laughs> it's weird that that has the effect on the viewer. Really bad, too. Yeah. And I, I, that's a lot I'm of these movies. So anxious. I, I, sometimes I even have to pause it and go back <laughs> to it. It's like, why? It's like, it I feel that way with the, when people are like making people uncomfortable on those like uh, <laughs> those uh, hidden camera shows. I either have to, I have to leave the room. I can't. I can't it. watch. Those. I, I can't do it. It's it's like I hate of, people. I have the prank. Yeah, yeah. I hate pranks. But I have that feeling. Like I shouldn't have that feeling. It's not happening to me. I'm just watching it. It should be all right. But I'm. I feel you when you say that. It's like the tension's almost too much. The, there's that situation several times in number six on this list, uh, and it, it's uh, oh, yeah. really good. But that is like this, like I said, I haven't seen it since the theater. But there's the two scenes I remember is that Cumber, uh, that Benedict Cumberbatch scene that you're talking about, because yeah, he was not from... like, was he even the man for this job? They were like throwing him in there, and they were like, "You, we need well, you to do he, this situation." Well, what happened is Gary Oldman's character came to him, recruited him. Yeah, he said, "We have to find the mole." No, I need you to do something, and you and if you get caught, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I have to disavow you. And what it. you have to do is really difficult. It's really difficult. He had to go to a floor that he didn't quite have clearance on. Yeah. Get a folder out in a bag that gets checked. Yeah. And then rechecked, and it was cool because he was like, he was he had the folder and he had hidden his jacket and he he said to someone, hey, can I get a pencil out of my bag? Mm-hmm. So he distracted him and he put the folder in the bag so he was still in checkout. And then when they gave it back to him at the end, you realize they gave him the bag with the folder in it. It was really cool. It's I, really I, it's tense, tough to, man. Um, but the whole movie kind of hinges around that Mark Strong character. Yeah. So he the, the reason why they thought it was a mole, because he got sent to Russia. He was going to meet mm-hmm. with somebody. But the meet went bad, and he got shot and captured. And it's because whoever was in MI6 mm-hmm. had leaked out what they were doing. Yeah. So they were giving the Russians information. 
The, who was uh, was Tom Hardy just like a whistleblower in this movie? Tom Hardy was a field agent. Remember, he had that girl under I, his. All I remember is the scene where they had to pick him up, and he was hiding in the back of the car. You know, and he was te- kind of unloading stuff to him. He knew there was a mole. Yeah. And so Gary Oldman was trying to protect him so he could get the information from him. Um, this is one's. If I talk too much, we're just gonna. Yeah, yeah, no, no, thing. we can leave. We can leave it at that. But we got a lot it, to talk it's about, a anyways. Way but. bigger conspiracy than you yeah. originally thought. Yeah. And Mark Strong gets exiled. Remember, he's a school teacher in like yeah. in like another country. Mark Strong's one of those actors that does not get the uh, love that he deserves, uh, I, I man. Give him the love he uh, you do, we do. Uh, uh, Justin does because we've seen a lot of him in stuff. He plays the villain in Shazam. I mean, he's he's he also in Kick Ass, and he has so a presence on so the screen he, that he doesn't even have to do yeah, anything. He's he, very like. You can tell when he when he gives you the eyes that he could possibly kill you at any moment. I, I see him play more intense characters, and that's that really describes that cast of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. They found every intense actor, mm-hmm. and they put them all in this fucking movie together. I hear good things about that Capone that just came out on Redbox oh, yeah, yeah. with uh, Tom Hardy it. on it. I haven't seen it, but it's one of the ones I'll definitely take a look at. I like him. Oh, I like Tom Hardy. He's great in almost everything. You know, and I've been watching him for a while. I, I was trying to think. I'd have to actually look at his his filmography to know what the first thing I saw him in. But I'm pretty sure one of the first things was um, Rock and Rolla. Fighting uh, when he uh, handsome Bob in Rock and oh, Rolla. Yeah, he was like yeah, the gay guy. He yeah. was really good. Uh, but yeah, he's he's had that luck with a lot of actors where they end up dropping five of his movies in a year <laughs> type of situation and they like flooded the market with him so now everyone knows it because he played Bane once you play a superhero yeah. that, that it's whole kind of I wouldn't want five of my movies to come out I wouldn't want people no to get I, sick I don't think scene. anyone enjoys it but even better for your career I would think is you play a you play something that like uh, 60, 60 year olds will fucking love, like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, yeah. and then and you then play the villain in Shazam, and then, and then go then, back and do a comedy. Yeah, I mean, just you just spread around. yourself out. Yeah, get that romantic rom com going. It probably does. <laughs> All right, this next movie. Wasn't he supposed to play? <laughs> Who are we talking Dorian about? Dorian Gray, Tom Hardy. Oh, Dorian Gray. In uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, wasn't he supposed to Oh, play? no, it was supposed to be the guy from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Okay. Yeah, that he was also in. Uh, what else did I just see that guy in? Damn, can't think of it. Uh, Anyways, Fifty Shades of Grey is a piece of shit. I didn't see it, but I'm not going on the record. If you're going to see Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or Fifty Shades of Grey... If you want to see Fifty Shades of Grey, go see Secretariat's Day. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> go see how it's really done. Yeah. Uh, all right, so number four. And we really could have gone one out of 25 ways with this uh, with this flick right here. But we chose... And we chose one of it. was number two, right? Yeah, we chose... Um, in the, in the, in the, yeah. Yeah, number two out of the 25, and this was so the James Bond franchise, we, we couldn't do this pod. In part two, we can put another one in of there. That was great. We won't do a Sean Connery one, so it's what I'm we picked here. For, uh, we'll pick I'm for, pulling for, what's his for name? For some Raja? No. Oh, for Dalton? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I like he Dalton. He doesn't get too. the love. That's another thing that we're in the minority, man. Well, most people think Daniel Craig's the best James Bond, uh, and they, it's they, arguably that he, he might be. Have, he might be. They're all good in their own way. I love them all, man. I love them all yeah. equally. I, I'll show you some Lazenby love what, like nobody I, else. I was I wanted um, Remington Steel, dude. Yeah, well, they wanted him earlier than he uh, than they yeah, got him. But I'm, I, I wanted we would have had we wouldn't have had Timothy Dalton, and I like Timothy Dalton. Yeah. yeah. All right, so the movie we're t- we picked for James Bond's 1963 is from Russia with Love. Yeah. Because this classic. one's a this one's a this classic one spy them. film. This man. blew this franchise. Up. Oh yeah, Doctor No came out, and people were like, all right, this is kind of cool. But with with from Russia with Love, it really was this it was made like, for grandiose for thing. I, I want to say eight million and made seventy eight million. Yeah. 
in some, or something crazy like that. One of my favorite Robert Shaw oh. performances yeah. in this, and I remember when we just watched it uh, like a few weeks ago, I had pulled up a, uh, I paused the TV and then pulled up a picture of him from Jaws, and I was like, you know this guy, right? And he's like, oh yeah, this guy from Jaws. And I said, can you believe that's that guy? <laughs> and pointed to the screen because he is like, I mean, he is built like a brick shit house and he had like bleach blonde hair and that scene at the beginning because the basically they show the russians are like training these like hand-to-hand combat death like death squad or something of like assassins well they had they had sean connery do that remember they pulled the yeah yeah they pulled the rubber mask on him it was really fun very similar that was done in like the uh the man with the golden gun at the very beginning Mm -hmm. when he's hunting james bond it's not really james bond you think he's hunting uh, roger moore and then they pull the mask off and it's just some lowly guy that he must have got the guy to agree to wear you should just lay down right now and i'm gonna put (laughs) james bond's face on you he knew about it well they both knew about it you know so he's the other guy is like uh they're testing these like hired assassins (laughs) and so you got to see at the very beginning of the movie robert Shaw like choke out and kill Sean Connery uh, and that's how the movie starts you know uh, they had a lot of this was that great little Russian she was girl. awesome man she's I love the one her. they kind of so much of this movie was this and Dr. No was this no not much Dr. No as much as Goldfinger Goldfinger from Russia with Love and You Only Live Twice in my opinion is what they based a lot of the Austin Powers movies on and uh the little girl, the one that screams, Scott! Yeah. <laughs> That's totally this girl. <laughs> and she was vicious. Remember, she had oh. the, like, the, the, the knife on her yeah. fucking foot and everything? And she was the one that came over to Robert Shaw's, like slapping him in the stomach and everything yeah. just to with test brass his... brass knuckles. <laughs> with brass knuckles just to see how tough <laughs> She was you? like four foot six. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they had the... What was great about From Rush for Love is James Bond had already been established in Dr. No, so they didn't have to worry about... They knew you knew who Q Branch was and M Branch... Uh, and everything, and it, it kind of set the standard that we were going to see in all these movies going through it, and which m- made most James Bond fans uh, love. Is you knew you were going to see Money Penny, you knew you were going to he was going to visit M, and he was going to get his orders, and you knew he was eventually going to go to Q Branch, which they uh, back in those old ones he like came to the office. Remember, mm-hmm. he just like would walk into the office. There was like four or five of the Bonds that was like that until they were like, let's get this motherfucker a lab, <laughs> you know, and we can be this blowing Des- stuff this up. Was and- Desmond's first movie. Uh, yeah, he wasn't in Doctor No. Is that what yeah. it was? It was, and he did thirty-one, or 31. no, twenty-five. Where there was he, only twenty-five of the movies. Why did they say he did thirty-one appearances as him? Maybe he, did he do it on something else? Uh, that's interesting. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe because he was I, in most of them. Did he come over and do Never Say Never? I wonder oh. if they did Never Say Never. Huh. Anyways, so some of the fun stuff and like what were then that was like the thing that everyone kind of wants to know. Weapons. What are the gadgets and the weapons in this one? The briefcase you know? played a huge. Yep, and a uh, watch, right? Uh, the watch was on what's his name, Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw had the watch. Oh, he the, had that watch. That he's the one that was choked out. The yeah, guy it pulls out to like almost a like Garrett. a piano wire no, or something. Like. It's called a Garrett. A Garrett. G A R R O T. Well, shit, I didn't even know that was. What, usually, a name it has for that? like two wooden. Things <laughs> yeah, on yeah, the end yeah, of it, yeah. And you put it around somebody's neck and you twist it. Was it a ring or something on one end when wa- he pulled it yeah, out? Yeah, it was a ring. And then and he just pulled it pulled out. Pulled it out. <laughs> like keychains. Cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> Got to choke and, a motherfucker. You never know. <laughs> but Bond had the briefcase, and it had it had the gold coins. It had the 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 rifle, sniper rifle. That's right. That's in, right. In a little compact. It's great as you got. You knew you were going to see a knife all these. That came out of the side of the briefcase if you pushed a button. But the great part of the briefcase is if you, when you unlock it, you had to turn the knobs a certain mm-hmm. way because if you didn't, when you opened it, the 
tear gas would come out. Knockout gas. Or knockout gas. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I, I loved when you, because I always did at the beginning of the movie, and you knew you were going to see these elements throughout. It, it got disappointing in some of those like later Roger Moore ones. When they used it, it was almost like a throwaway. You're like, oh, how about that? Like the, those darts that he was going to use, and then they just used them willy-nilly, and it, only one of them hit or something. You're like, eh, okay. You saw them, and then they never used them. Yeah, this time most of them, them I think they used. I think they tried to use them. I don't think they used them well sometimes, but... It would be really disappointing if they didn't use them at all. Uh, I mean, in a lot of them, he got new cars and everything, and like rockets. Well, I mean, new, Thunderball, yeah, he had that. Crazy uh, the new one, man, they they're thinking next level, and you can really do that with all the digital stuff now. I can't wait till this new one. It sucks that it had to be pulled. I liked what I don't know which Bond it was, but they had the cam- camouflage car. Yeah, yeah, man. Was that the one with Holly Berry? Damn, I should be able to tell. Uh, die another day. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, there was a point where I could tell you every friggin' trivia question about every Bond movie, and I had all these books and everything, but yeah, I... Yeah, uh, I can't keep that knowledge forever. It's, I, I keep most <laughs> of it, but when you get, like, real detailed, like, was this the element in uh, Diamonds Are Forever, it kind of flips. I could name them all in order. Uh, that I could do. But, uh, yeah, some of the little details. But this was this was most people's... I think if you talk to uh, most Sean Connery fans, they're obviously going to like Goldfinger the best uh, because it was the it was the flashy one. It was the Fort mm-hmm. Knox one with Odd Job yeah. and all the kind of fun stuff like that. But the ones who really wanted that really good spy film and the the really gritty fighting, like that fight sequence with him and Robert Shaw oh, on the, on the ca- train, train in the little cabin. They, they yeah. didn't do that. The the they were so good at that with the James Bond films, and they did not recreate that again until like Spectre, when uh, it was him and Bautista inside that. It was they were in a train. It was him and Bautista fighting in like a, it might have been a subway. They had the train uh, fight in uh, in the one with uh, the my uh, Dutch girl Femke Janssen. They had one in a they train. Had, they had that train. That was Goldeneye. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the Colts quarters fights. That's what uh, a lot of what worked really well with that uh, show. Some good close quarters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really done well. Probably the best I've seen it in a long time is uh, that Marvel Daredevil show. You watch the first season of Daredevil, uh, the first two seasons of Daredevil. They do like uh, it's like fighting in a box kind of uh, <laughs> fighting. Uh, also, what I loved about For Much of a Love is you, you didn't hear Robert Shaw like talk until no. he was on the and train. You know what he was like an he, hour and a half into actually, the movie. Just spying for the half of the movie. Yeah, remember he he saved Bond yep. at the gypsy camp. Yep. he was going to get shot, and Robert Shaw was just sitting in the background. Yep. And what I liked about this movie is they they number one laid out the plan at the very beginning. Remember they got that Russian chess yep. master was number five, mm-hmm. and the little girl was number three. Yep. So number five came up with a plan. He's like, we're going to get the Russians and the Americans to pit against each other, and then we're just going to follow them. And steal the lector. They were looking for that code breaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so it was pretty cool when Bond showed up in Turkey and that one dude that took him around. Mm. And we kept saying, "Yeah, that's my son." That's why I say like, "Oh yeah, the gypsy like guy." 50 sons. Yeah, yeah, he was awesome, man. And uh, that's another uh, like type of character. He stayed with him yeah. for half the movie. Yeah, yeah. He had a huge role in this movie. Usually, a Bond sidekick yeah. doesn't follow you. Almost. It's the girl does, no. but the guy, a, a sidekick, like kind of shows up. Yeah, like uh, like the, in in a. Um, in what's the one where he was buying Christopher Walken? Oh, View to a Kill. View to a Kill. Yeah, he had his limo driver. He had his limo driver. There's a couple times where that uh, uh, what's the guy from Westworld? The guy from Manchurian Candidate that uh, 
gets tested on and goes nuts, the black guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah he yeah, played yeah. Felix yeah. later on because mm-hmm. Felix was like his the CIA yeah. counterpart to yeah. him, and they used him in early in the films, too. I think I remember him in, like, Live and Let Die. They were a couple. Uh, Felix had come by, and it was the sim- same actor for a while until they uh, went and got the guy from uh, Manchurian Candidate. So it, it's really good. I it's weird going back and watching some of these old James Bond movies. They don't uh, fit into the current PC kind of mentality very well. I mean, he'd smack a bitch. He'd smack a bitch to get not. information from, or, or for just whatever reason. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird to go and watch them. It's, it's almost even weirder to watch some of the Roger Moore ones. A lot of people shit on Roger Moore. Uh, I think they didn't like his... His comedy. Is his that. comedy. No, it was silly. It was like very Connery silly. Connery was funny at some point, but it was dry British yeah, humor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Whereas then the other what, one was kind of like but over the top. Moore could pull that off, I always thought. You, yeah. you wouldn't try to do that with Sean Connery. You just Connery. don't have pigeons do double takes. Oh, man. Yeah. Ever. There, there's some of those ones in the, the middle there. on that should have... Uh, been shot. It, I mean, people must have been losing their shit in the 80s. We grew up with them, so it was like yeah. us. We were like, that's awesome. The eight-year-old Paul loved it. One of my favorite Paul ones was... The, Moonraker was that the one with the ice yeah. skating girl, the girl that ice skated? She was Olympic ice skating. No, that was uh, for your eyes only. For your eyes only. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That was a really good one though. That was one I of had those a crush ones on that little ice skating girl. They got rid of the silliness for that one, uh, but before that was Moonraker, and Moonraker it, it jumped the shark with Moonraker, with, with Jaws finding the the other dorky girl in space and shit like and that. And then he crashed back to Earth and lived. Uh, man, there was some. That was the jump the shark moment. I mean, there were moments. For me, in uh, the man with the golden gun, because like with the man with the golden gun, you had to deal with uh, you had to deal with that Louisiana cop from uh, from Live and Let Die that happened to be in Thailand at the time. But he was in two of them. Yeah, that's Thailand. He was in uh, yeah, he was in uh, Live and Let Die, dying in the Bayou, and then he was happened to be in Thailand. That looks like that super agent guy. We forgave it, but right. <laughs> it's it's somewhat ridiculous. All right, let's go to another one that always kind of took the took. The the subject matter super serious, and these movies get better as they go out, man. Great action movies. If you want to pound one of the best action series if, out, if you're ever at a bar and people are talking about what series gets better over time, in my opinion, I would always pull out Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, and we've picked the the last one because, in my opinion, I think it's it, it, it's perfect. It's damn near perfect uh, Mission Impossible movie, and that's Mission Impossible. I'm gonna get Fallout. them all confused, so I'm gonna le- let you do the storyline, but I remember it as soon as you yeah start yeah yeah. Talking about it well. This, so just some backstory. I, I like the first one, the first uh, Mission Impossible, the one that was done by uh, Brian De Palma. I thought it was very inventive. The Who way, the one? way uh, this one was done by the same guy who's done the last like four, and uh, damn. I'm not sure who it is. I think Christopher McQuarrie. It might have been Christmas McQuarrie, or he's the writer or uh, the director. I think Christopher McQuarrie is actually the director, who was the writer of Way of the Gun. And uh, I think he's got a brother in the business, too, that he teams up with every once in a while. But that first one with Brian De Palma, I thought, worked good with how Brian De Palma's shots are. You know, those super close-ups or the crane shots mm-hmm. and everything. And it was fun, and it was inventive. And I really disliked 2, 3, and like 2 and 3. Two and and three were kind of bad. bad. And then they came out with, like, Ghost Protocol and uh, and the other one. Is that Alec Baldwin was in that one? Uh, That's where I think he started. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Ghost Protocol, and that's when... uh, well, earlier on we had Simon Pegg and you had uh, Ving Rhames. I mean, this is the whole team This is the whole team, and and in the past ones... Ving was only in in it for a little bit, right? uh, Um, He was in this one for a lot more than he was in the previous one. There was one one. where he just sort of showed up at the end. yeah. 
and was like, hey, I'm... Yeah, and then they realized that the one before Fallout was really good, too. I always uh, screw up the timeline of which one it is. But this one was so good, and they had some of the best female actors that have ever been in the uh, Mission Impossible movies in this one. the one where you get the two girls confused? Uh, Yeah, well, most people do, (laughs) (laughs) because they they do look very similar. I remember seeing it in the theater and uh, pull them like, up side by side yeah they, they do look which one is uh, which. but it also deals with that uh that really striking blonde girl that was in the uh remember she was playing with the orchestra where mm-hmm. he first met henry cavill yeah, yeah. and the oh well no he, henry cavill and him had that fight in the bathroom, in the bathroom. And it, but in that the the blonde girl it, they eventually hired to be in that hobbs and shod she has to, like pull her picture up man i can't remember her name but justin where are you man uh she has such a striking look, and I can't remember her name, but she's really Probably great in this movie. Norwegian I think Rebecca Gayhart's the no, that's the other. That's she's that's the girl from uh, Jawbreaker. Sorry, but she is also someone that has that same type of striking eyes. Uh, so what's going on in this one is uh, in like Dave said, it's got Simon Pegg, got Ving Rhames, uh, who's who's the girl played Tina Turner? Uh, friggin' uh, damn it, her name escapes me right now. She the one that was in the motorcycle. In this? No, she was the one that was pitting the CIA with uh, with the uh, Tom Cruise's kind of area and putting him involved with uh, Henry Cavill. So what's going on at the very beginning of the movie, they fuck up and they lose like the the, 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 briefcase. the briefcase with the bombs in it and everything. And remember that great scene at the beginning where they, uh, it was such a great opening where you think that the uh, they play that fake news report in the hospital room oh, yeah, for the yeah, guy yeah, watching yeah. it and everything. Yeah, yeah. And he says, well, now you can tell us what's going on and everything. And uh, you realize that they just tricked him and they moved the partitions yeah. and you realize in, he's like, not in a hospital room and the report that Wolf Blitzer was just doing, he like walks yeah. out and you're like, holy shit, they got Wolf Blitzer got to be Wolf involved Blitzer. in this, and then they pulled off the thing, and it's not even Wolf Blitzer. You're like, holy yeah. crap, man. These Having the well, ability... Those later ones, uh, you have to be careful because they make those on-the-spot masks yep. that that are and in the voice it's, recorders. It's like... It's tricky. Anyone could be anyone. Anyone can be anyone. And it's enjoyable though, when it happens yeah. because a lot of the times, and you should be expecting it, but they, they wait until the right moments mm. where they think the audience is not going to remember that the, uh, the whole mask trick. So they did it at the beginning and then they did it about an hour and a half through the movie and I was like, oh shit, here it comes. Now, was did this have the Dubai scene in it? Or is that the other movie? Which one's the Dubai scene? When he's crawling up the building side of the building? No, room. that's earlier okay. on. That's yeah, that's that, See, I, mean, I get them all confused. This one had the great halo jump, man. Oh, uh, that was the, awesome. the really and it also and he really had did the, that too. the uh oh, he really he? did that. And uh most of the stuff you see Tom oh, Cruise somebody is else wanted do it. to do it. Cavill uh, wanted to Henry do it, Cavill. Right? Cavill wanted to do like, it. And no. Tom Cruise is like, dude, I can really respect that you want to do it, but I've been doing it my entire life. Uh, or I've been doing it for the last 20 years. I've been training to do this and everything, and it's not that easy. He, sa- he says, so you you probably can sit this one out. Yeah. And he did. Plus the insurance something. Yeah, the insurance. <laughs> being a Scientologist is the only reason that they can sign off on the insurance of Tom Cruise doing any of this shit. And it's a miracle that he hasn't killed himself doing half of these stunts that he does for these movies, man. And, I mean, he really, this is the one where he hurt I his foot on to. big time. I mean, he, you've, everyone's seen the clip. if he died doing a stunt, he would die happy. <sighs> oh, wow. I would. I, I would be happy <laughs> that he that he died for his movie. Yeah. <laughs> not that I dislike him because I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise fan, but I love Tom I mean, Cruise like movies, movies, man. man. Tom he's Cruise a movies in real life. Yeah, he's crazy, like, but he does and I think what he does best is the Mission Impossible movies. I remember we watched this in the theater and uh there hasn't been many times I, there's so much to talk about this movie. I don't want to talk a whole, a whole lot about it. Uh we just the the key that, points is Henry Cavill is fucking that, amazing in this. That that whole end sequence. The whole him, end sequence and the scene the in the bathroom are so good. 
only a couple times in the last probably five years, maybe even ten years, I've had like not major but slight vertigo watching something, and mm-hmm. it's always in the theater because you know they mm-hmm. they make it so realistic now. And that scene at the end in Mission Impossible Fallout when he's on the edge of that cliff and right. they are fighting, and there's no like there's no safety nets and everything and you're like watching it it really gave me that the good son that in the rampage movie uh which was a crappy movie but i talked about it on the last pod where they were on top of that skyscraper and the skyscraper is falling down in the city and you're seeing the camera angle and you're looking at it and i'm like whoa man this is really intense i'm not sure i would feel it at home on the couch more than i was at the theater but the theater it like had an impact and so did fallout i remember when we were and i saw fallout like twice in the theater but i remember when we saw it i'm like clutching the the like friggin' sides of the chair when you when you're clutching the sides of the chair you know you're watching a roller coaster of a movie man and when we got out of that movie, we both said, Tom Cruise needs to do these suckers now because he's getting old and he could totally nail a couple more of these. And that's exactly what they did. He's making two at once right now. I bet he's still doing them during the quarantine because probably, I'll film myself. I'll film myself. Everyone camera. gets tested every single day. We'll I got Cyphus. He's got all this. is self-isolating together. <laughs> Tom Cruise bought all the tests. That's why we no one else can get them. Yeah. I need them for my movie, man. <laughs> so they're going to come out. I'm, I would assume one's going to come out in 2021, and then they'll probably drop another one in 2022, which is great because... Oh, we, here's a weird question. Do you think there's going to be a gap in new releases since productions mostly like a year from now what do you mean new releases like oh they're pushing everything back i mean i know so there's going to be since new things aren't being produced there's going to be a gap it seems like there's a good amount of stuff that they've decided to put on demand uh just for an all-out i don't know if you saw the trailer for that tom cruise one that you look like you'd really like it's like a submarine movie it's like a world war ii movie with with tom uh hanks tom hanks and uh it's just i it's just a movie that they were going to release in the theater, and now they've decided, no, we're just going to release it on iTunes. Yeah. And uh, well, we, like- we saw what happened when they uh, when they tried to do the trolls thing, and uh, and Universal flipped the fuck out and said, no, we're not releasing anything digital anymore. If you try to release that, like uh, that, Apple and them were like bitching about each other. So maybe they'll work something out because the way things are now, no one's going to go to the theater. Apple's so what's your choice? You're going to you're going to release it in the theater, and you're going to lose money because people aren't going to the theater. Yeah. Or you can release it at home where everyone's going to buy it. You know, I mean, you got to make it affordable. That's the thing. Yeah, eight bucks. You know, the same price of a movie ticket. (sighs) But you don't even have to. The problem is you're you're losing it with the ten people that you go with. The people that really gets. Yeah, that's true. But the theater makes a bunch of money too. Oh yeah, the theater loses money. They're They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to figure something out, man. Screwed. Yeah, they're really gonna have to figure something out because I have no interest in going to a theater anytime soon. And yeah, I don't see most major movies are November, so. There's nothing. This is going to be a shitty-ass summer. Can you imagine? Because summer movies are the big blockbuster movies, and they're not releasing shit. I mean, that uh, friggin' Black Widow was supposed to come out. Not coming out anymore. All right. This next one. Let's move on, moving on down the road here. Going all the way back to 1992. I loved this movie so much when I saw it in the theater. I, I think I saw it in the theater three times, and when I'm it came sure out on DVD, I had to show everyone. Uh, and this was a lot. 92's Sneakers. This cast was oh, pretty awesome. God. The story... This is such a spy, great spy movie, man. Too Many Secrets. 
That's what, uh, that's what it all boils down to. I mean, the great Ben Kingsley, it had Robert Redford, it had uh, Sidney Poitier. River Phoenix. River Phoenix in one of his... Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd was great. And Dan, then it had uh, David Strathairn. Uh, yeah, David uh, um, Mary McDonald. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Tobolowski. Yeah. <laughs> my voice is my best. For verify. For verify. <laughs> that's what I don't remember. I just lent this to mom. I don't know why so I, I remember just that line. I just lent this to mom so we won't ruin the ending in case she's watching. There's so much the, uh, the going on in this flick, though, so... So what this small group of ragtag kind of guys are doing is they, and it was it was told perfectly by that woman at the bank who's like uh, cashing him his check after they did the job. And she's like, let me get this straight. You break into people's places to make sure that people aren't breaking into their places? She said, yeah, basically that's what it is. And so what they're doing is they're testing I mean, people's security. Yeah. You know, they're, they're a rogue group that goes in. to do that all the time. Yep, and uh, it's not, they the CEO of the company doesn't tell like everybody else no, because you it's because you have to, how are you going to figure out if you can catch him? Yeah. It's really a tricky thing. And it's one of those things that I would think I would, yeah. you would understand Make it, sure but there's no guns in this, but place. you would have to be pissed at like your own security or, or if you're the head of security and realize that, that you've been had. Well, it's uh, almost like I've never seen the show, but it always intrigues me is that undercover boss. Yeah. Similar. It's like he it, shows up and he pretends oh, yeah, yeah. one of the workers and then you get to hear he puts a big people, fake stash on. Cause Listen, the people at the bottom working for yeah, you they have don't a really complete different like, opinion yeah, 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 yeah. of you than you think they have. But the way I think if someone's coming up to me and asking a whole lot of corporate questions and everything, it almost seems shady to me. I, <laughs> I mean, it's very similar to like secret shoppers when you think about it. You know, the secret shoppers that go into like uh, grocery stores and they just evaluate everyone's kind of ability and this person greeted me and this person didn't and uh, that type of Hitchcock's thing. And then they not, make their stuff. Somebody better not hire, hire me Ooh. against Hitchcock because oh. I went in there to get a rotisserie chicken. That's all I wanted. <laughs> and the, that's all I wanted. And the, this other lady was walking around. She's like, I'll get you chicken, no problem. And then she went and started telling a story to one of her friends. Okay. And, so, and, I'm, and one of the other ladies behind the counter yeah. is watching me. Yeah. And I'm turning to her. What's going on here? And, uh, <laughs> she's really super uncomfortable. And, and finally, it was like five minutes. Yeah. And she came back three times. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. And then she'd go and tell a story again to one of her friends. What the hell, man? I just want a chicken. It's right there. It's right put there. Put chicken in the bag. <laughs> just put it in the goddamn bag. Give me it. Oh, ten I'm seconds. a super You're... You're fired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were we on? Oh, sneakers. <laughs> I had to get that off my uh, So it, it really kind of goes back. Oh, man, we didn't make him mention Ben Kingsley. <laughs> I said it. Oh, did you? Okay. Okay, good. Because, literally the first Because he was really good in this. And this was like the first time we had seen Ben Kingsley in like one of those fun roles mm-hmm. for a long time. I mean, he had played Gandhi and then he had done a couple little minor roles. But this kind of brought him back. And he, he was doing a lot of stuff after this movie. And... Uh, I, does it start with that backstory with him and Robert Redford when they're kids and they both get caught doing the uh, the fucked up shit at like college? They they're like breaking yeah. into stuff uh, where they shouldn't be doing, uh, and one of them gets caught, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them Redford. and one of them doesn't. One of them runs and one and it almost completely alters their lives, you know, to the point where no, Ben Kingsley gets caught. Because ben Kingsley he gets has caught. Resentment yep. against Robert Redford. And Robert Redford doesn't, and their lives turn out completely yeah. different. And basically, it, it kind of makes one the good guy and one the bad guy in this movie because what happens is they Prison do does that they, they do a job. <laughs> so they get hired to do this job, and then they do it, and they realize that uh, what they picked up on this job is something big and that yeah. uh, they shouldn't have it. And I love when they start figuring out what it is, and what they find out is they've Found, uh, yeah, they found like a black box kind of code breaking machine yeah. that code breaks anything. You want to get a NORAD, click, click, click. You yeah. put in the, that special password, you're in NORAD, and you can do whatever the hell you want. That's and, a great spy element 
that they use. We're getting dive bombed here. <laughs> hawks. That's fine. It's fine. It's part of it. I you missed me say cue the hawks. <laughs> you got a train, man. That's it's my drone. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What were you saying? It's I a good spy element. The black box. The black box. Because yeah. the next one is, had that same yeah. thing. The with Russia with love had the same thing. Yeah. The code breaking. It's true. It's it's a major it's like, element in a lot of spy films that kind of Firefox had the the plane that the plane that was wanted. packed full it's of so, information and yeah. Like, spying yeah. is and it. it the, the funny thing is, is we'll never really ever hear the greatest spy real stories, spy yeah, yeah, stories yeah. because you know, they never, they don't exist. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The, there was one episode like uh, a, a few weeks ago on Rogan uh, that he did with an ex-CIA agent. I think it sounds fascinating. I haven't yeah. listened to it See, yet. I but that's, that the, that's the type of stuff that if he reveals so much shit that you're like, oh, my God. Like they're going to declassify the, the Kennedy stuff in like the – 2030s or yeah. 2040s. I'm, I'm hoping I live until. Yeah, I just want to see the Kennedy tapes. I'm fascinated <laughs> about cover-ups, government uh, cover-ups, but. Uh, but what what's great in this is is they soon realize in this movie that they have something that everyone's going to want and it's super dangerous and no one should have it. I mean, they really should just destroy this fucking thing right now, but they don't because they think maybe in the right hands it could be used right and everything. Nobody and would use it right in the right hands. The best part of this movie, though, is the idea when they realize they have to sneak into the building to steal it back because it gets stolen from them at some point and they're like, holy shit, it got into the wrong hands, it got into the hands of the one person that it can't be in the hands of, yeah. but we've luckily, uh, and, and how they found out where that building one was was. Genius. Remember they uh, because someone earlier in the film had knocked uh, Robert Redford out and then put him in the back of a van, oh, and yeah. Robert, uh, Redford could only hear about the stuff of how he got to this building. So they tried to recreate the the blind guy who is kind of the, the master guy, sound guy. And he's mean? like, what did the ride sound like? Did it sound like this? And they were like, oh, that's an intermittent bridge, you know, with brakes in it. And there's only six of those bridges yep. in the city. So what did it sound like right afterwards? Did it sound like a dirt road? If it didn't sound like a dirt road, then it's this bridge and this bridge. And, they, and then, yeah, like you said, he, he said, it sounded like a tea party. And then the next shot is them past the bridge looking at a whole bunch of like flamingos geese. or something or geese yeah and they were like well we know we're on the right track and then they they lock down the building and then they do like a heat signature well everything's coming from that room so it has to be that room and i love that stuff back at the house where they realize uh, just that whole break-in and how they do it and how he's practicing in that thermal suit and he can only go like one yeah, yeah. step per second into the room or big guys with guns but come in and kill the everybody great, the greatest part was she had this Go on a blind date, yeah, like a Steven computer date, yeah. Tobolowski, yeah, Stephen Tobolowski, Tobolowski, yeah. But she had, he had, they used voice verification passwords to get in the doors, yeah. And she had to get him to say like twenty five different words. Yeah, my name something. is Warner Branford. Uh, my my voice is my, is my passport, passport verify. verify. Yep, is and what. she's like. You know what I really like to hear? Because yeah, but you should All mention the on, the, easy, but. on the date she had to record him saying yeah. each word, and yeah. then and later on and in they editing they could together. cut them together, and so it was great because the. The, the date is lasting like they're the last people in the restaurant and she looks down at her pad such a great kind of like <laughs> visual element that everything is crossed off on yeah. her list of words that he has she has to get her say and uh she just she's trying to get him to say passport and it's it was not, easier ways to say that and you ever travel abroad how long it, i got my passport how long did it take you to get your passport that's how i do it and then if he doesn't mention the word it was clever how they did it where she got so frustrated she just like i love the sound of your voice i would just you know what words always kind of excite 
excited me. (laughs) And he's a smart guy, and he doesn't realize it until later on. When he realizes later on that someone's broken into his thing, and then Mm -hmm. he was like, well, how could someone do that? He he put two and two together and everything. But that was an exciting last 20 minutes, man. Super exciting. God, man. man, Yeah, there was a point where they needed the guy in the car to drive, and the only car in the guy in the van was the blind guy, and he's telling him how to work the gear shift knobs and everything, and it was just so fun, dude. One of my favorite things is, like, they were at the end. They were well. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. The James I, Earl Jones stuff. Yeah, I just, I just lent this to mom, so I, I don't want right. her to. Uh, I know the, she's seen it. But at one River point, Phoenix's but. answer was really cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. There was a fun kind of lighthearted kind of nature to this movie, where it's probably one of the more lighthearted. I don't think there was any killing or. It's probably the lightest of all these, except that the next one we're going to talk about did have some funny uh, elements to it that I really enjoyed. So let's talk about this next one. Uh, the Man from Uncle, 2015. Guy Ritchie, man. And Guy this Ritchie can make awesome. a good movie, man. This movie was uh, great. I haven't seen The Gentleman, which I hear a lot I of great saw, stuff about. Uh, I saw this before, and I forgot it completely. I've, I've watched it twice, and I still probably would need to watch it a third time to recall it all because it's so... I do remember a lot of the great stuff between those, Henry Cavill and uh, Army Hammer. Those two guys... Army Hammer and uh, Henry Cavill. And who was the girl? Alicia Vindicator, the, the girl from Ex Machina. Oh, is that Yeah, her? yeah. And she's married to Michael Fassbender. Oh, now. And she's Tomb Raider. She's uh, Lara she's Croft. Tomb yep, she's Lara Croft. Jesus. Yeah, she, after Ex Machina, she just went flying with her career. She's got big really brown good. Eyes. I like it. Yeah, she's really good. And she's amazing in this movie, oh, man. She's great. So why don't you tell us a little bit what's going so on in Man the from the movie Uncle. starts out, they. Scientist goes missing. Uh, his granddaughter, or granddaughter, which is her. That scientist that goes missing, isn't that the guy from Mad Men in Chernobyl? Um, the guy who hangs himself in Mad Men, the yes. British guy? Jared uh, yeah, I think so. Harris. Jared Harris. I think so. Yeah. So this, he goes missing, um, and uh, he sh- and so they, ha- they have to go and get her out of East. She's in East Berlin. Yeah. This is takes place in the uh, 60s. Yeah, it's like 63 or 64. Yeah. So a great period piece, too. Full-on Cold War. Yeah. East Germany, West Germany. Yeah. And uh, Harry Cavill is, on, is a U.S. spy. Yeah, very similar to like Mission Impossible Fallout, where you have the, the American guys having to team up with, a, uh, yeah. with another kind so of... So he goes over, and he, uh, he tries to get her out. That opening scene is great, because... The Russian guy played by with a great accent, Army, Army Hammer, Hammer, man, and he's great he's interesting. Uh, he's really great in some roles, and other roles he seems a little stiff. So it, it's great that he plays the the the, the German guy. Is that German Russian. or Russian? It's great that he plays a Russian guy because it it's naturally that stiffness really goes like with that character. They, they they said he was sound of a sociopath. Yeah, and he did the finger tremor before. <laughs> oh yeah, he yeah, yeah. That was a fun little <laughs> element. That's perfect Guy Ritchie thing because Guy Ritchie loves those close-ups oh, this and those music, quick cuts. This movie was phenomenal. Really good. He yeah. spends more time getting the music right. Yeah. <coughs> Guy Ritchie does more good movies than bad movies. He's he had a couple pop- of ones like I don't understand what the hell that that Madonna, Madonna that Madonna it. thing was, but. Like I said, that gentleman, that Matthew McConaughey movie that just came out, they say is just like Lockstock nice. and Snatch and Rock and Rolla. And this one doesn't always get included in that list of those movies and should because it's it's super fun, man. Super fun. And like you said, a lot of this comes between those two guys yeah, just so bouncing off each that other. That opening scene when they're chasing each other in the car mm-hmm. and they're 
they crashed the car. Into Tiny the, little cars, into the, man. Yeah, into the alley. Remember, and it didn't yeah. quite make it. And she's like, oh, great, we're screwed. He's like, no, climb through that window. <laughs> yeah. So they go through the window. They go to the roof, and they, like, signal the guy on the other side of the wall. She's like, how are we going to get over 20-foot walls? And then the guy opens up the back of the truck, and he has that shoots the catapult mm-hmm. line and they zip line and army hammer jumps on the zip line but when they get to the truck they just back the truck up and you see army hammer <laughs> yeah, like yeah lower just getting lower, lower. goes right to the fence <laughs> and then the cool part is is uh so his uh his handler comes and meets him and his handler was the guy from mad men not not the okay yeah, yeah yeah so the, he takes him to the he takes him to london and they he goes in the bathroom to take a piss, and he's still talking to him, and all of a sudden, arm, he hammers him. Yeah, that's up, right. That's right. Starts fighting, and is, like, choking him out, and you're like, what the fuck? Is he, they set him up. Why is Henry Campbell always fighting in up. the bathroom, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let the man take a piss already. <laughs> <laughs> so then they explain to him, you should, he's like, don't kill your partner on the first day. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, don't kill your partner. He's like, no, I get it. He's like, what do you mean we're partners? I totally forgot until you were recalling it. I totally forgot. I remember all the stuff from them together, but I forgot that beginning where they were kind of adversaries yeah. and everything. And that was a fun stuff. Yeah. When does Hugh Grant come into this movie? So, so they played they, brilliantly by they Hugh give Grant. Them the, they give them the plan. The plan is that, that this Nazi group in Italy has made a bomb. Yeah. And it's that eccentric blonde and that, and that Italian race car driver dude. So the... That's right. That's right. The, the the girl that they rescued, the one she was super tall. Her. She was in one of the, uh, she was in a Marvel movie that was really good. Oh, she was in Guardians of the Galaxy too. As she was completely gold, oh, that really? that girl. She was yeah, really good. Super tall. But so they what they do is Army Hammer and the girl pretend to be fiance, mm-hmm. and they go to Italy. They try to go to and to um, set it up. So they so Henry. Cavill, his backstory is he's a super thief. Mm-hmm. Remember? That's right. He ha- he was paying a debt back to the CIA That's because right. they caught him stealing stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does this great. I don't know if you remember the party when he shows up and then he like bumps into Hugh Grant in the parking lot. That's right. And he, and he does like the sleight of hand. And type then the of guy stuff, comes yeah. up. He's like, "Sir, you where's your invitation?" And then they they start smacking Cavill around and he pulls up his invitation and then that big tall girl steps in and yeah. she's like. He's like falls on her and steals a bunch of her jewelry. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And then yeah, he like yeah. meets another countess and steals a bunch of her jewelry. Yeah, yeah. And then calls, tells her he's like, "I'm the guy you hire to get stuff to fill gaps for your collection." And he yeah. hands her back all the jewelry. Yeah. So it was just a cool exchange. You got to see some of his sleight of hand stuff. But my some of my favorite stuff is is at the warehouse when when uh, they know where the bomb is. Mm-hmm. And so Henry Cavill's like, "All right, let me sleep on this." So. He sneaks out to go to this warehouse, and then when he's at the fence getting ready to cut, he looks over, and the, what's Ari Hammer also Hammer. snuck out, thinking uh. that he didn't know about it. So, because they're still working for, remember they had independent orders. Yeah, they were like help get that away from the Nazis, but then steal it for the Russians. Mm-hmm. And then the Americans said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Get the code, which thing. makes sense. That's and what then, it would be. Because that was that great scene, and I don't know how much more you. No, want man, to I think that's good. I think you told you told a good amount there. This it, this movie should have been huge, and surprisingly, it wasn't. It was like in and out of theaters, and people didn't talk a lot about it. And that it assault was so on much the Italian fun. compound was filmed so brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah, man. I that's why I'm super excited to see the gentleman. It's one of those movies that I'll probably just buy and I'll let you borrow it because certain ones of his. Then again, I got fooled by. I'm like one of the few people that did not like the Sherlock Holmes uh, stuff. I, I enjoyed I, some of them. I, I, I don't. I like the two of those guys. I don't together. like. I don't like Robert Downey Jr. that much. Anyways, I, really? I I could easily put anyone else in Robert Downey Jr.'s roles, and uh, I like the mo- some of the movies he's the in and everything. Zodiac. And uh, it's my favorite role he plays. He, I'd I'd rather see him do that than the see. There's just a cockiness that comes with his 
that comes in every role that he's yeah. in. That, that's him. Yeah, that's him, and I don't want to see that in every role. I don't want to yeah. see Robert Downey Jr. Uh, in, the, in the role. I want to see somebody that I didn't see before. You don't see the same army hammer that you saw in Social Network in uh, friggin' uh, The Man from U.N.C.L.E. And so I didn't much care, and I was a huge fan of the old like Peter Cushing, uh, Sherlock Holmes, so I'm kind of an old-school guy with that kind of subject matter. So, your, so to you, see him... You want your Watson to be about... Yeah, I don't want to see him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I want to see like slow and methodical. I don't want to see him punching out yeah. people. I, I would see that if it was something that else. Cool effect you could have called did. it Remember something that else. Cool effect they did when they punched the. Body oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they zoomed into the body, and you got yeah, to you see saw the, the bones breaking and everything. Stuff. It was, was it was cool. it was interesting, but I did not like it. I remember watching the first one and being like, "Yeah, this is just not my, not for me." Well, this next director, he really this sucks. guy was for he me, sucks. man. And uh, <laughs> it's funny because uh, this is been talking about the great Alfred Hitchcock coming up, and I remember, I had just lent mom Who? Dial M for Murder, nice. and she's like, uh, "Do you have any other Hitchcock movies?" And I'm like, "I have 14 of them. <laughs> which <laughs> which ones do you want?" And uh, this was one of them, man. 1959's North by Northwest, and like we said. He's done a bunch of spy movies that we could have talked about, but North by Northwest is always like a really great. It's Cary Grant. Right? Cary Grant. This and, is uh, that perfect. Uh, Eva, Marie Eva Marie Saint, Saint. James Mason. James Mason's uh, great. Oh, and the, the yeah, what's his like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vin, not Vincent. Not Mason. Carl Malden, but Martin Lando. Martin Lando. Martin Lando. Super young. Like super oh my young. god, young. And uh, most people know this movie as you know the him running in the field with the crop duster mm-hmm. behind him, and the, obviously the uh, the big scene at Mount Rushmore at the end which was which was great but I like the element that. that works so well in the Hitchcock movies and specifically in North by Northwest and uh, is that mistaken uh, yeah, mistaken, identity. mistaken identity they the people see Cary Grant and they think he's a spy and he's not a spy <laughs> far from a spy advertising yeah and he gets wrapped up in this huge kind of conspiracy that's involving like some high level people that are just trying but to constantly he ends kill up him almost becoming a spy yeah really <laughs> i love the i love him playing drunk at the very beginning of the movie because Man. remember they get him like piss ass drunk i love his he must have been a drinker yeah I think all those dudes oh, yeah, 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 were yeah. just big martinis. Yeah. He, he kind of went over the top with it a lot of times, but I always found it kind of enjoyable he, to see they, him do it. He, he he wasn't pretending to be. They poured no, no, no. They, they, yeah, no. It was no. I meant like acting. Oh, <laughs> and, unless he really did it, I don't know. But he, that was some of the best. Drunk <laughs> when he acting. when he crawls up on the like yeah. table and everything, and he's got calling his uh, what he called his mother. <laughs> his mother. Yeah, and his mother came down to like, and it's weird because Cary Grant DUI wasn't as big. How old then. would you say he was in this movie, too? 30s. Yeah, he's in his 30s. Early 30s. I, it's weird because you see those movies and you always think of him as like a but guy in his mo- 50s. They were society people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They sort of like, oh, yeah. mother. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, Anderson Cooper calling his yeah. uh, that, Mrs. Yeah. Vanderbilt up. Yeah. <laughs> Come bail me out of this situation and everything. And there was a lot of enjoyable stuff. What was some of your favorite scenes from uh, North by Northwest? I like him trying to convince. Remember, he, he got the cops to go back to the mansion. Yeah, and he tried to convince them, but then the the wife wasn't playing along. Yeah, she, and they had changed was, everything. You know, yeah, they had changed. So here's the liquor cabinet. He opens up and it's like books. Yeah, it's like they're like want to believe him, but it's like nothing's adding up but here, then man. That one dude starts paying attention. The one that actually is a CIA agent yeah. rises him later on because mm-hmm. uh, he's unknown. James Mason's character was going to flee the country. Yeah. And uh, and steal that. He had like something with microfilm in it, that little, that he had a statue he bought mm-hmm. at that auction. I thought that was the cleverest thing. He knew that he had to get out of the auction, remember? Cary Grant. He went in to confront James Mason, mm-hmm. and James Mason's like, 
yeah, well, basically, how are you going to get yourself out of here now that you're here? Yeah, yeah. And so, and then they show the they exits show and their people. Martin Landau standing at one exit, yeah. the exit, the other Russian dude they yeah. had standing at another exit. So he just sits down and he starts bidding on stuff, remember? Yeah, that's <laughs> like right. That's right. Like, Willy nilly. Yeah. Somebody said 1,200. He's like, uh, 800. Yeah. He's like, no, we're already at 1,200. Like, 600. He's like, $16. <laughs> He's like, no, not 12. Twelve hundred, hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just goes crazy where they have to like. They finally they escort him out. Well, they confront him and he punches the auctioneer yeah. guy. Really smart. And they called the cops. Yeah. And then when the cops showed up, because he had already James Mason, uh, Mountain Lando already killed the UN guy. Remember? Yep. And it, yep. it fell into fell, fell into his, into arms. his arm. I mean, that and was then the he big thing. The knife. Never grabbed the knife. Never grabbed the knife. And then to get t- <laughs> pictures taken from you and everything yeah, with, with the, the knife. Cameras <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's holding the bloody knife with the dead dude right there. <laughs> so he um. He's so he's wanted, yeah, and he slips onto the train. Remember, and that's yeah. where he meets. It was it went over Marine. several states too, right? Yeah, yeah, all the way down into South Dakota is yeah. where it kind of ended up, and uh, the stuff with the Eva Maria Saint. I, I love the stuff at Mason's house. I've never house. been to Mount Rushmore, but I, no, it'd be nice to go see. I, I'd like to I don't go to really every have, place. It's, I, I like mean, traveling to see so. the rocks. That's fine, but just that whole area is really nice. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was looking at like. There's so much in like Arizona and Utah I would like to check out too. There's just so many great stuff. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, Well, going back to this, I love the stuff uh, at James Mason's house. That house on the stilts where he's like climbing outside to kind of pay attention to right before they're trying to flee the country. And uh, you also forget how big Martin Landau is. You know, when he's older, it doesn't really uh, kind of resonate how huge he is. He's like a tall dude, man. He's got to be six three, six four. They had some really clever elements in this. They had that like fake. Remember they fake his death yeah. at the yeah. at the gift shop of the yep. she approached him and shot him with yep. blanks and that's what got him in trouble because remember Landau found Landau found the gun mm-hmm. in her suitcase that's true. came downstairs to pull the gun on James Mason yeah. and pulled the trigger and went boom yeah. And he was like, nothing happened. Nothing happened. He's like, she's playing you, dude. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> he was on to it. It was a good scene, man. Time. Yeah. Like like James Mason was falling in love with this blonde girl one of the biggest uh blunders in uh movies that they always talk about is you go back to that gift shop scene where he's about to get shot and you look to the right there's this little like seven-year-old kid who puts his hands up against up to his ears like immediately before it happens like it's it's happened six times before yeah that little kid kid, get him the fuck out of here so every time i watch it i always notice the kid puts his hands to his ears before before he like uh pulls the trigger knowing it's gonna happen yeah it's it's funny uh, but yeah, it was one of the more uh, I love all Hitchcock movies. There's some of the earlier, earlier black Rear and white ones. My favorite, probably the one that's your favorite, huh? Rear Window and the one Rope on, is my Rope favorite. When they came to that's yeah. my next oh, favorite. I love, I love. What's your, what's your? You said Rope least is favorite? My second favorite. Oh, okay, uh, I love them all. A- after a certain point, and there's a lot of those random ones you forget about, like Torn Curtain with Paul Newman and uh, and uh, Shelley uh, McLean. Shirley McLean, really good family plot with. Uh, with uh, Karen Black and Bruce Dern was really good. So a lot of those later with Marnie, with uh, Sean Connery. He slapped the bitch. Yeah, he slapped the bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He just puts it in his contract. (laughs) I have to slap at least one female. I have to be known as the toughest guy who... one female in this picture. You heard that interview with him and Barbara Walters, right? Uh -uh. There's a crazy interview. It's not going to make him look good, but, I mean, you said it, sorry. Uh, There was a crazy interview we did with Barbara Walters, and you can pull it up and... uh, 
where she's like, this, where she talks to him about, you know, you said in the past that you thought it was all right to smack a woman. He says, well, if you, you tell her what you think and she's not paying attention or, you know, sometimes you have to press the issues and you, you gotta, it's all right to give a little slap. <laughs> it's, it does not look That's good. Not a me too I mean, we're, we're chalking that up to like this being the fifties and your mentality is all fucked up. Hopefully I'm not, he's not a 90 year old guy right now still smacking women. He, him like and Gene big, Hackman are like living their life in their the in their early nineties, and we haven't heard dick about them for the longest time. We won't hear about them until they die. die. Yeah, and I mean, more power to them. You know, you've oh, lived that life, and you get great. to enjoy it. I don't. I often Sean Connery tribute stuff is going to be great. Oh yeah. Oh, it is too. There's. It, it makes no sense to me, and I guess you have to be in that situation, because if I was in that situation, I would do one $30 million movie, and I would be out. See, I, I don't care if I did. He probably, he gets residuals off all this stuff. Yeah. He's probably making $30 million. I mean, million it, it's got to be something you enjoy to be able to yeah. stick with it, because uh, I, for me, I I'll, have I'll live my life in, my in Maui. If I make that dollar amount, nobody's ever going to hear from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I'll be gonna, in, uh, I'll yeah. I'll have one house in the States, yeah. I'll have one house Let's in Maui, around. one house in uh, Iceland, and yeah, that's where I'll be jumping between. All right. Well, you know our plans now. <laughs> if we ever hit it big. Uh, we can still podcast from there. No concerns. This next one, love this movie, man. Directed by the great Sidney Pollock, man. We don't talk Sidney Pollock much as a director on this pod. Almost always happens that uh, him as a uh, as Guys an actor. Shot, yeah. And he People He's forget that he directed look. The Firm. He directed yep. uh, Three Days of the Condor. T- plenty of stuff. So that's what it is. Three Days of the Condor, 1975. Great. Came out the year I was born. Fucking love this movie, man. Uh one of my favorite roles of um, Max von, Max von yeah. Really good, man. What a perfect... He was the perfect spy. He yep. didn't have any ideology. Nope. And I like, and we're not going to ruin the ending, but yeah. but that was what was great about the ending was his like, you know, I'm a, I'm a contract killer, yeah. and you know, th- or I, I do a job, and that's that's my He's part. Like, in this. That guy hired me, and that guy's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I love that opening, man. So what's going on is you got Robert Redford who works at a like offshoot of the CIA, they, and they're they just doing research. Books. Yeah, and they read books. What and, have you seen this recently? Oh yeah, that machine they were building. Yeah, it was great. It's, would, it's really so. Tell us what they were doing at that. So, so it's a little brownstone in like New York. Yeah, and it was called Literary Society. Yeah, which is not was, like was most people. I mean, they most CIA billions not guard with a shotgun, and then they had the woman, and they had the handgun at her desk. I think there's something brilliant you said to me like ten years ago when we were sitting out. Uh, we were sitting at the Sun Center where the CIA thing is, oh, yeah, yeah. and I was like, "Well, what's the difference between a CIA building and an FBI building?" He says, "Well, the FBI can put their name on the building." <laughs> <laughs> and it's very true too. Yeah. And I think of that often because the CIA they don't put it on the building. You know, <laughs> no. they have to put literary society yeah. uh, on there, and that's what was going on. And so, what what is it they were doing? They were going through books and like circling. They were going through co- books and feeding all the information in this computer to look and see if people code were sending using, codes yeah. back and forth using literature. Yeah. And they stumbled upon something. Yeah. He sent Robert Redford wrote a report, sent it up the chain yeah remember he was waiting to hear back and that morning he got a letter and said we don't think anything's to do with this and that's fine then he goes to lunch (laughs) well what happened was there was people out front they were like remember they were counting everybody coming in and out yep making sure everybody was there every time somebody walked in they crossed it off and then he has a secret way of getting out remember they went out the back way and they they're like don't you're that, breaking protocol. You can't do that. He's like, oh, so he's so out. he's just going to get lunch for yeah. everybody in he goes the to office. The diner, yeah. yeah, and he's like just talking and picking up sandwiches picking and up shit sandwiches like that. And, you know, and what, what happens during that? Like, so he's gone for probably so 20 gone. minutes. Yeah, maybe 15. Max von Sydow 
and his crew show up, and one of the dude playing the mailman yep. shows up and gets buzzed in, and soon and as soon as it, it they're in, it was just a we have to kill everybody here. Yeah. I don't even think they were and trying. Very to, cool, very methodical, like Michael had, Clayton. You know where they just go in room and room. The first few times I saw like the Uzis, but with the big yeah, silencers. Yeah, on that them. big submachine gun silencer <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, it was really cool. And they from the, from the secretary to the guy on the they staircase. Killed his they killed, killed his girlfriend. The he two he, techs uh, that were in there. Yep, the guy threw, that was in the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, they got everybody. They got everybody. And then he came back, and I love his reaction uh, when he came in. He, and he sees the guy on the floor, and he kind of laughs. Like, he kind of, what are you doing on the floor? And then his his laughter turns to shock when he realizes, holy shit! And he systematically goes to every room and realizes. There was a hit job here, and every single person's been killed, yep. except for me. Yep. And so he ends up going out the back door or the front door? He goes out the front door. I mean, they are already been gone, so. He calls in. He's like, we've been hit. Yep. And he's like, where are you? He calls uh, what, uh, Peter Parker's dad yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. uncle, uncle that gets killed, Uncle Ben. Yeah. Uh, what the hell's his name? Damn, he's he's so good in this. He's One of my favorite lines at the end of the movie, you dumb son of a you bitch. Of a <laughs> you have no idea what you've just done. So he calls in and he th- he's thinking. Cliff Robin, Cliff Robinson. He's thinking that the Russians have hit yeah. their agency. Yeah. So he calls in to get the protocol. Um, but then he starts thinking. That doesn't seem something doesn't seem right. Yeah. Here. So he's very sketch about telling where he's going to be or who he he's going to meet. Followed. Yeah. But the whole cool part of this movie is uh, he grabs uh, Faye Dunaway. Yeah. Like a complete on the like it, it, they, they often in a bookstore. They she, often say you know if serial killers were just completely random, it's hard to uh, yeah. to catch. And that's exactly what happened with him. Well, he just grabbed some lady yeah. that had no affiliation with him. Max out von Sydow was blown she away. She was at like a, He was like. How did you choose that woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's great when you when uh, the the big spy can't figure out how the hell she was connected to this I whole thought thing. Of another one. Uh, red, red shoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, but she was at like a sporting goods store. She was she was gonna go to Aspen or something yeah, like that for a weekend right, with her right. boyfriend, and then Robert Redford just snatched her. Very kind of they live, you know how Robert yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, Roddy Piper grabbed uh, Meg Foster Stuck and says, "You're, her side, yep, you're gonna help me. And said, take you to take me to, my, take me to your place, flat. you know." And uh, and he's he's very sketch about they're both sketch with each other and everything. Remember they're like well, sleeping. Wa- Remember he has to sleep with well, tied up to her. He puts the news report on. Yep. And it talks about like gunmen. It, it gets the whole story wrong. It was like disgruntled worker yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It wasn't like uh, yeah. They, you could tell. You could tell it was a, a they washed it. <laughs> yeah, they washed and, the hell uh, out of that story. So and and he did trust people. Remember, he was like, "Who do you trust that I could that you could meet me in like the alley yeah, and everything?" And he picks his friend. He picks his buddy. He says, or they know the name because remember they have his file mm-hmm. and they were like, "Will this guy work?" And they were like, "Holy!" He's like, "Holy crap! How the hell do you know him?" He's like, "Yeah, he'll work." So they they grabbed this guy that used to be yeah. friends with Robert Redford. And they said, "We need you to meet in his alley. They just need to see a friendly face there." It's and, the only way he couldn't be a spy. Yeah. And, he, and Robert Redford d- basically die by getting shot by their friends. Yeah, but it was it was a great scene where oh, he meets in the alley and everything, and it's not really a major spoiler because it happens early on in the movie. But he sees his friend's face, and they're like walking ahead yeah. of each other, and then somebody automatically that uh, just ra- takes out of the corner and starts shooting at Robert Redford, and then turns and shoots his friend. So basically, Robert Redford got his friend killed 
Yeah, I'm, but then they told, then they leaked it that Robert Redford killed both the guys. Yeah, which looked believable, and you're like, oh man, now you are totally wrapped up, and you're going to be the patsy in this whole thing, that you are the worker that killed everyone at that place, and so he had to really kind of be smart on how he was kind of working on uh, who to figure out was involved in this whole thing. Yeah, it was fun, he man. He shows up at that mansion for one of the other yeah. CIA guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. and pulls a gun on him, and he he's famous too, and I can't remember his name. Yeah, I can't um, remember. Oh, who else was on this? Was the uh, the paper chase guy? Uh, um, oh, Howard House. Uh, yeah, Howard. He was uh, the head of the CIA. He's uh, Silver Spring, uh, Silver, Silver Spoon's, Spoon's grandfather. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. John Houseman. That's right, John Houseman. He's got that crazy voice. He was really great in this man. This was a very great, great spy movie. 1975, too, year I was born. I always loved Jaws because it was that year. All right, this next one, 2006, and you're going to have to enlighten me on this. I know even if you're not, uh, we can just talk about it just shortly if you're not kind of very familiar with it, but it was one of those ones that always comes up on, like, every spy list they, they make, and it's one that's been on my movie list to see, and I just haven't seen it yet, and I knew you used to own it, was 2006, The Lives of Others. I got on a, it was called Das Leben der Andren. So it was German. It was German with subtitles. Yep. And I was on a kick for four movies. I was living at La, yeah, La Mancha. Mancha. Or even on, like, Terry's old place. Well, I bought them all at La Mancha. Oh, okay. And then had them all at the yeah. other place. And even then, you're right. Even then, I, I like, that. what was that one with the low run, run low run? Yeah, low low rent. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. I'm trying to pull up the actors because I'm not going to remember any of them. Yeah, I'm probably not say their sure name and they're probably not even going to. probably no one I mean, other than other kind so of German So basically movies. it takes place in the same time period as the man from uncle and it seems like is there's some comparisons being made between that and the conversation yeah, very similar what it is is there's a playwright that's famous around the world but he's in east germany so he kind of gets some freedoms that other people over there don't get mm-hmm. um so the stasi is the russian secret police that it's not kgb i thought that was kgb Oh, the Stasi it's like, it's is like the, the CIA the of the CIA, where, where the yeah. KGB is the FBI. So basically, yeah. they're they're listening on everybody. So they hire this dude to sit in a room and just bug the the apartment of this playwright. So and it's German spying on Russians. Germans, Germans spying on their own. Oh, okay. German, German and Russian. The, the they don't Russians, like each other. No, but well, the, the, the Russians no, they hate, each, <laughs> they other. hate each other. The Russians owned East Germany. Yeah, so it was the. And Is that so, true? Why didn't I know that? Shit, the, I never knew that. When we ended the war in in forty five, huh. we split. Yeah, Berlin and East Berlin, apart, and everything was fine for a little while, and then until, until people started not liking East Germany, yeah. East German put up a wall. Yeah. I never knew that Russians were. Uh, and the Russians were, were the Stasi police. They huh. were the ones that ran it. I mean, the, the Germans worked for them at yeah. that point. There was no Nazi party anymore. They yeah, were, and I remember the Russians were one of the people that helped liberate the camps, uh, or yeah. at least certain camps they did. during World War Two. Yeah, but they hated the Germans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was East Germany was all Russian. That's when we kind of. That's what, as Americans, we could always agree yeah. on during World War Two. It's almost the same as the Bridge of Spies. Yeah, time period too. Exactly. So basically, they they. The twist is that one of the Nazi, one of the Nazi, one of the uh, Stasi, the Russian officers, falls in love with the playwright's girlfriend or something. Mm-hmm. So he basically wants to bust the the playwright so he can steal his girlfriend Whoa. too. So, but the great part of the story is what they were doing is that Dear Spiegel is still there now. It's a it's a popular magazine on the. It was in West Germany, mm-hmm. and it would people would smuggle 
out stuff trying to say how horrible life was in East Germany, and West German papers would pay, would uh, print it. Where was it worse, East or West Germany? East was horrible. It was horrible. Okay. It was complete under lockdown. You would be shot if you were caught yeah, yeah. crossing. They would shoot people for crossing the border. Yeah. You could, if you had a passport, you'd come back and forth. But if you were East German and you tried to get to West Germany, there's scenes you can watch them yeah. shoot teenagers at the wall. Yeah. There was like a... So people could visit West Germany? Like, no one visited somebody, East. Some people could... Some people could, but they ha- they were top, top level. Okay. You could visit... If you were West German, I think you could visit East Germany. Yeah. No, I'm talking about, back. like, say, like, Americans at that at a certain not, time period. Not really. You probably so wouldn't want to go to either one. No. No. <laughs> you wouldn't want to go. I mean, it's attack dogs and machine guns. Yeah. <laughs> Bob wire fences. Try to stay away. Hey, that's what I want to so, see on my vacation. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you can go to North Korea. You can see the same thing. It's still there today. They'll invite you over the demilitarized zone. You sure come on over? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll let you come back. <laughs> but anyway, so it was all about like they this typewriter. They were smuggling information back that was getting published. It was making the East Germans look bad. So, but the the guy that was listening in. Mm-hmm was letting them get away with stuff. Oh, okay. Like, he felt sort of sympathetic. That's the wrong guy you want, like, in no. charge of looking at stuff. That's the thing, too. When people suddenly get a conscience, like Gene Hackman or other you people... They want the that, Max Fonsito. They, they the want the, yeah, they want the Max Fonsito. They want the guy that just does the job and doesn't question the morals behind yeah. it or the mm-hmm. actions around it and everything. And when you don't have that guy, you have... Uh, I mean, it makes for good drama, for, good <laughs> for sure. But it, it's very... It, it, it's crazy that it was a German film. Yeah, and it won like some serious awards. I remember it, it was very won popular. Best picture for that. If if anything, it was certainly best nominated for maybe. best foreign film. I would think it would probably be nominated, if not won, because uh, I have heard a lot about it uh, when it had been released, and I have to check it out. So that's great. It's it, it's great to see a lot of those uh, other countries their spying techniques, and I mean it's all about spying these. Uh, you would think. Germany at that time, that was like 80% of their shit. I love <laughs> dealing with spies. Some of my favorite stuff is uh, is the disinformation. Yeah. The, that they sent out on purpose? Yeah. 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 The, the, a lot of the, they had a whole, if, if you study a lot of British history, yeah. they would do all kinds of radio transmissions and false things they would, and make. They would find bodies of people and throw them in the river and put yep. like secrets on them. Yeah, there's that. So uh, there's them. that story that Operation Mincemeat, which hasn't been made into a movie yet, but that's that they spent like a year trying to find the right body and the right current and the right thing to place uh, the uh, the information on, and it, it worked. Look like, you know, you can't look like. It was deliberately yeah. done. It has to look Absolutely. like it was a mistake. And I, there was other situations I remember during World War II where they were doing, like, facade Oh, I was uh, just going to say that. Yeah. One of my favorite – they have a whole documentary about it. Mm-hmm. They brought sound engineers and, like, prop makers, and what they would do is they would – at night they would move in these blow-up tanks, <laughs> yeah. and they would pipe out noise of people marching yeah. and tanks coming up and blast it over to Germany. And they never knew? And, no, because yeah. they'd take it all down and move it away during the <laughs> day, or they'd hide it under leaves. And so the Nazis always thought that they had we had way more tank battalions. This is what than, happens when you don't have these modern technology yeah, of heat signatures no, and drones. You, I could see you setting the blow-up tank. I, I could see the guy blowing it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. War will never be as cruel It'll never. It'll won't be. No, it's a little bit more I sophisticated cruel cruel. now. I mean, you're still gonna have I as say many cool deaths. Or cruel, <laughs> cruel. <Okay. laughs> Hopefully, uh, 
you'll have just as many someone... deaths, but you'll have it like instantaneously. Yeah, some and, dude yeah. on a battleship playing Nintendo. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you Xbox. were great at Kung Fu and Contra yeah. back in the day, yeah. we want you yeah. in our army. You're sitting <laughs> That's you're the in new... a room by yourself. <laughs> That's the new <laughs> Uncle Sam sign. Uh, are you a video game they... player? We hey, want you. Don't think they don't go to these gaming tournaments. Fucking a, man! I'm telling you that we may it may be sound funny. Just have people like. What was the what was the movie like with the Chappie? When they were, yeah, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, yeah. Except Chappie was working on its own. Yeah, yeah. But but like have somebody in a back room controlling mm-hmm. Chappie. Head two oh nine. Yeah, at man. Work, man. So, I mean, that's gonna be our police force later. <laughs> All right, this next movie instantly was one of my favorites oh. from that year when it came Can't out. Even... It's super smart. It's super amazing. And uh, this is nineteen ninety eight's Ronin. Can't even count how many times I've seen this movie. Yeah, it's so it's so much so that it wasn't. I, it wasn't even a thought that I wouldn't put it on the list, but it was also one of the ones that if I if it was crunch time, I wouldn't need to watch it because I could recall it perfectly. It's it's such a phenomenal movie. The cast was phenomenal. Robert yeah. De Niro, one of his best roles in my opinion, because it wasn't flashy. It was yeah. just him just being clever, you know. And uh, Jean Renault, who is amazing in this, Stellan Skarsgård, uh, awesome. that uh, the chick with the big eyes from uh, the from the Irish Truman Show, girl. loved her. Uh, Natasha McCone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's his name? Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Uh, he plays a little pussy in this Who movie. else? Was there one the other guy, guy there? The car driver. I can't remember his name. The car driver. Trying He's to think. He's the one got his throat cut behind the head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a nobody. He was not nobody, sorry, but he was one person that wasn't like uber famous in this movie. Great, and great scheme. Yep. So tell us a little bit about So he's... So this... He... Robert De Niro's not kind of who you think he is, and you really don't, and we're not going to tell you, but there's, and they really, throughout the whole movie, go into the idea that nobody really knows who the other persons are in this kind of group of ragtag people that they've kind of all put together. They needed a job done. They put a crew together. It was yeah. basically independent. You could tell, I mean, he was... Was it Ireland? Or I'm just thinking Natasha her, had that accent. Her group was Irish. Yeah. And so she was in charge of putting this team together that had to take something. Yeah. And remember, he was like, what am I taking? He's like, you can, you're not supposed to know that. So he was kind of like... He had all the questions, you yeah, know. That, and and it, he's like... Immediately made everyone in the room yeah, wonder, like, what is he doing? questions. I was like, that's the first time anybody's ever... Yeah, yeah, that's that. how I stay alive. Yeah. You know, it keeps you're my like skin, skin covered. <laughs> <laughs> you're covering your own skin. Yeah. yeah. I like my skin. It covers my body. <laughs> he has the funniest line oh, yeah. here when he was talking about torture. And he's like, how'd they finally get to you? He's like a grasshopper. He's like, what's that? He's like, one part cream to me. Yeah. <laughs> one part vodka. Yeah, that's what they say. Everyone's got their Everyone's, kind of... Uh, I mean, you can't hold out forever. Yeah. I, I love how he... Uh, because when the group comes together, it's a really great, and they've done it several times in movies where they put this entire group together and everyone's kind of sizing everyone up. Everyone Him knows, doesn't know what they're doing. Off. And they, they kind of yeah get paired up because he's like uh, bumming cigarettes off him, yeah. and they kind of have a rapport with each other. Yeah. He's like, are you labor or management? Yeah, you yeah, that's great. If I was management, I wouldn't have offered you a cigarette. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My God, there's so many great lines in this movie. But when he breaks down Sean Bean, oh, yeah. it's some What's of the, the greatest stuff. the boathouse Yeah, because... Sean Bean's immediately that guy, and there's yeah. one in every group oh, that starts. Oh, vinegar. That, I'm gonna. I'm, we gotta go over here. We're gonna do this. I'm gonna show we'll, off, and I know what yeah. needs to be done, and everything. And then he gets proven wrong two or three times yeah. to the point where De Niro emasculates the, in the, front of the everybody. Like, Draw it again. Yeah, and uh, I just sabotage with you for the fucking coffee, yeah. <laughs> you know, because he he sets up that coffee, oh, and yeah. uh, man, it's it's so enjoyable. Like that scene, that tense scene where they're doing the kind of uh, the the, gu- the weapons uh, and the money oh, transfer yeah, 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 underneath yeah, yeah, the bridge yeah, 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 yeah. and everything. 
everything and it goes all fucking wrong and everything. And that's when, after that is when De Niro demands, I didn't want to know what's going on and Takashi McCone, remember she's got to go make a phone call? I want $100,000, I want a bank account yeah. right now, everybody else. Yeah, and for me and everybody else, and everyone else's ears yeah, parked go, up. You go like, for it, man. De Niro's negotiating from us from yes. now on <laughs> because she leaves the room and she makes a phone yeah. call, and and she's like, "All right, it's done." And she and he's like, "For everyone." And he says, "Yes, that's what I was to understand." Mm-hmm. And uh, man, she was so good in this that, movie. That cool when they were doing that surveillance. Yeah, when they they were walking to the hotel, they yeah. wanted to see the response. It's like husband and wife. Yeah, yeah. they wanted to see the response. Time of the, uh, so much of the people cool that were stuff. guarding him. Remember, he stuck in the luggage rack. He yep. put the sign against it. Yep, and he's like had the guy taking pictures of him and his wife. Him and his wife. Yeah, yeah. take a few more. Take yeah, a get few more. get the hotel in the background. Yeah. yeah. So when they pushed the luggage rack and the thing fell and made a big noise, you saw everybody rush him with the gun. Yeah. And then like, and then they let me take them. a few of you and my wife. Yeah. yeah that yeah. was how he really <laughs> got it down. Yeah. Really good. Some of my favorite stuff from this stuff with with Michael Lonsdale. Speaking of uh, Moonraker, he was the Bond villain oh, yeah. in Moonraker, and he went on to do that great stuff he in. Was, um, was he that, Munich? He was in Munich also. Was that? Uh, yeah, oh, I'm thinking. Was, yeah. No, yeah, he, he was the guy in Munich. Yeah. He was really good, and uh, he was the guy that De Niro gets shot at some point. It's such a great scene great in the scenes. movie. The he gets shot at some point and they bring him to Michael Lonsdale uh, for some reason and they have to remove the bullets. There's that surgery scene where they're holding the mirror up and De Niro is telling him how to... Ooh, De Niro's doing it himself. Yeah, well, Gene Renew is working the... Uh, he's working the forceps though. Gene Renew is, is yeah, pulling yeah, yeah, him. Okay. Remember, he's just holding the thing and trying to stay awake yeah. to explain to him how to do it because remember he slips off of it a couple yeah. times. <laughs> he's like, please get it on the first shot and I love that final line once he gets the bullet. <laughs> yeah. out. Says, if you guys don't mind i'm gonna pass out right now <laughs> but they also i love that how they worked the title of the movie and it was the, that great discussion with him and michael lonsdale about oh, yeah. what the ronin is mm-hmm. and what he, he does and, little figures. and and you forget all that stuff with the ice skating rink and then uh and with the double cross that happens with the cases the and everything the double cross was awesome great. man like he like he saw that he had paint yeah. on his hand yeah, and yeah. Realized he and he had to just, throw it, yeah. like, real quick because he knew that he was about to get screwed. And the stuff with Jonathan Prince, we didn't even mention him, uh, uh, the guy from Brazil and uh, yeah. um, Pirates of the Caribbean. He was really great in the end of that movie, man. Such a, from beginning to end, just an absolute masterpiece of a movie, man. I think it's John Frankenheimer that did this. In, in my opinion, one of Frankenheimer's uh, best movies. Right before he had died, I think, he had done this. Uh, and he had you been... Not, not me. I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, it was fabulous. So I highly recommend it. Anyone who hasn't seen Ronan, you got to see Ronan right away. All right, this next one from our part one of part two of our spy movies, because I'm, I'm all excited to do part two now, is one that could easily have one of the other ones on uh, part two for sure. This was a movie, I, I remember going to see this movie with you, and it's probably one of the most satisfying movies oh. that I remember going to see with you when you were like, that was one of the best movies I've seen in yeah. such a fucking long time. Yeah. How many times since that have you seen this movie? Oh, man. 20, 30? 30. Yep. And this is 2002's The Born Identity. A lot of people forget this was done in like the 70s with like Richard Chamberlain uh, and everything, and it just didn't do well. I think it was a TV movie and everything. Not until this was because this was uh, based on a great series by Robert Ludlum. Uh, The uh, the books, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, this first one, and we knew the other ones were going to come after this, but man, that first one was so good. I mean, it's the greatest. The greatest premise of a spy movie is a spy who doesn't know. That they're a spy. Yep. 
And he just wakes up. They like that beginning of the movie is so great when they just pull him out of the water. Mm-hmm. He had his and, beacon going off, yeah. and the Portuguese fishing boat fishing boat just pulls him out. And I love the, like is it like during the credits? Uh, is it happening or right after the credits? He's like pulling the bullets out of Matt uh, Damon's body, and he pulls out this little thing that he flashes. It's like this little kind of capsule thing yeah, that he he activates like and it had like an infrared thing with a number on it uh that it was it was a swiss bank account number that he had embedded in like his arm yeah. or his leg mm-hmm. and everything his and, and this doctor or his, his back shoulder. shoulder that's right he pulled it out of him and everything and so once matt damon comes to he ends up having to stay on the boat for like a, a good couple weeks mm-hmm. before they get him to shore yeah so he gets to know these people and fishing with uh, and, uh, and, uh, we, yeah. we don't get to he see a lot of that but anything special he doesn't have any idea no. he doesn't even know all he ha- he doesn't know he's complete amnesia complete and amnesia. what's great is the only thing he has to work on is uh he knows languages like he's speaking to himself in like three or four different languages he's like how do i know these languages obviously i have some sort he of uh, some, knowledge he had a couple of flashbacks yep but, but not much not i mean early. not until they later yeah. come on obviously the um that stuff at the <laughs> we got some serious flies around the back I here sorry i don't care about flies <laughs> um the coolest the coolest reveal in that was when he's sleeping on the bench oh, yeah. waiting for oh, the yeah. bank to open. So good. And the cops come over and like poke him with the nightstick. Yeah. And they're like, the, the way they filmed these cuts yeah. was different than Just they so had done Doug them. Doug Lyman was the director It was this different than, the, than I had seen them in a lot of other movies, yeah. and it was really awesome. Doug Lyman started this series, and then Paul Greengrass took over, and Paul and Greengrass was job. really good. Yeah, yeah. He's, he did the United 93 and all these the subsequent ones, but and did he, a fabulous job. He like disarmed the French... Oh yeah, knocked out the French, in in like an instant. I mean, the the, yeah. the quick cuts that they did, yeah. you were like, holy crap! And to him, Matt Damon too. He was like, what the Whoa. fuck? Am I an expert in something? Because yeah. obviously, and not to jump forward, but that like scene where he's talking to uh, Frankie Potente in the uh, interrogation room. It, it, no, in the like cafe. How do I know yeah. that I can take that 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 guy knows how to handle himself, yeah. and that, that if I took off running right now, that I could run like a mile in like such and such flat, and this and that? He says, "I shouldn't know that stuff, but I do know that stuff." Uh, for me, the best scene in the movie is the bank. Yeah. I mean, it's just such an enjoyable scene to watch, <laughs> where he goes in there, like you said, he he has the. Um, he has the Swiss bank account number, and he has to use his handprint to go in there. He, you know, he uses his thumbprint. And at first, it's it's great because he doesn't even know how to work the bank. And you could tell that they've seen him in the bank before because they kind of recognize mm-hmm. him. And I like that uncomfortable stare where he puts his thumb on it, and he doesn't realize that he has to do the same. And then they let him in his box, and he opens his box. And everything up top looks normal, you know. He's he's got some like a little bit of money here, some paperwork and stuff. And till he realizes like a false bottom mm-hmm. to the box, and he pulls it out, and he realizes I've got six passports. <laughs> I have money in like ten different denominations and everything. Guns. I've got guns. I've got all this shit and everything. And so he ends up taking like the waste basket but you and also, taking the bag. And when he showed up, didn't you start at that point? seeing the behind the scenes where people were following him yeah people were, were like he's going to the bank now. i think yeah he popped up because uh chris cooper yeah and you didn't uh, know. julia so styles we started to figure out more than born did at that point though. yeah like the, they started filling us in he had like he was uh facial recognition had picked yeah, him up someplace up some... and it was like a big thing like uh yeah. because it was alerted to chris cooper and julia styles worked for him and julia styles kind of held out to most of these mm-hmm. uh she was good. all through the series because chris cooper didn't uh, was 
only in one, and then Joan Allen joined it with David Strathairn uh, in the the subsequent ones, which were which were all good. All these movies had great things about them. I just love that whole origin story. Only one time are you gonna be able to pull the amnesia thing, uh, the yeah. trick. You know, after that you got to be really clever about what you're doing. And I I loved any time I can be in a movie. And, it seems like a campy ass kind of element, the amnesia thing. But man, I as a moviegoer, you like to be put instantly in the shoes of that main character. When he figures something out, you figure something out. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know anything more than what the audience knows, and sometimes that's really fun and refreshing to do. It's the anti-Hitchcock. And, yeah, it, it really is. Hitchcock, Hitchcock lets you tells know the shit. audience and doesn't tell the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's classic for that, and th- this was great with this. Is uh, he knows something's wrong in the bank? Like he he's in the bank. He's alerted that something happened, so he has to go. Uh, at that point, it, it's game on. He's taken a couple of the guards out. He exits the bank and he's, he's like clinging to the yeah, walls. And then he starts crawling down the wall. To get and, the hell and then out of right there. when he gets down to the bottom, he runs into Frankie Potente, who would just was there she for something her, else. She had passport, passport problems denied, and she was in big trouble. Remember? Yeah, yeah. And he said, "I'll give you ten thousand dollars if you drive me to France, France or something, or Paris, yeah, something like that." Marseille. And she's like, "Why would you give me ten thousand dollars?" And she hears sirens, yeah. and she looks around, and she's like, "Hey, it's up to you right he's, now." She's like, "I don't need any more trouble." He's like, I'll give you another 10 when we get there. Yeah, yep. And she's like, fuck. So, <laughs> and it's great. It's, it's that Farrah uh, or that Faye Dunaway moment where, oh my God, he, he is like connected with this yeah. complete stranger. The, the, so, when they get, uh, when they, they get into that hotel room in yeah. France, remember? Oh, when he, the, the first guy of the guy, up, the guy shows up. One of the best him, fight sequences but ever. But like him trying to tell her that they have to go. Yeah. And she's like, in shock. She was, she played that role great. Yeah. Like, I didn't like her in, in, in much else, the side of the lower run. Um, There's a couple of things she just wasn't the same. Run Lola Run and this were her two best yeah. things for sure. But she played that role of <laughs> she like was, in shock. He's I like, guess she was good go. in supremacy so gotta, for a little while. Put your shoes on. You got? Did you touch anything? Uh, no. Like she was in shock. And then someone jumped through the window. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's fighting somebody that's equally as good as him. Yep. And that's where the movie kind of branched oh, out, yeah. where you I realize that the that he was like almost a sleeper agent. Clive Owen's in this And movie, uh, right? Clive Owen, man, really great minor role. One of the first Clive yeah. Owen movies mm-hmm. I had ever seen, too. And after this movie, he started branching out, and then he was just doing all sorts of crap. Uh, but I love the idea that they were in a show about a half hour into the movie where they, uh, where Chris Cooper activates the other agents, or mm-hmm. Julia Stiles does. And you get to see them all going to their drop spots to pick up their uh, uh, Package. their packages with their guns and everything. And then it was just all out, man. And worked all the way down to that great sequence at the farmhouse, man. It was such a great movie, man. You like the other ones just as much? Uh, I liked... I think I would order them one, three, two... two. Uh, what about the Renner one? The Renner one. I like the Renner would one probably a lot. Be, so number two would probably be my least favorite out of those. Yeah, I would go that. I, w- I would say, I would agree with that. Yeah, they did one called Jason Bourne that I've never actually seen. I haven't seen I- I'll have to get that uh, before we uh, but they do our to, Matt Damon pod. They went back to <laughs> Matt Damon. For yeah, they went back to Matt yeah. Damon for it, which was... In, which it, is weird, it, but... But it was... Uh, that's fine. There's all Jeremy Renner wasn't playing Bourne no, though. Wasn't playing that Bourne. was what was great about yeah. it. It and it was called like uh, what was that? The Bourne uh, shit, the ultimatum. No, but it was the supremacy, Bourne identity, the Bourne identity, supremacy, the Bourne ultimatum, the Bourne legacy, legacy, and then Jason Bourne. The, the, the when he found out he didn't need to take some of the pills anymore, and that one man, was I great. I really enjoy. I think I agree with you. I think I would go one, three, two, and then the Renner one. Just and then I don't know where I would put Jason Bourne, but the Renner one was that drone sequence. Whew, 
That was one of the best drone sequences ever, man. It was really enjoyable. And he was good in that role. And that was before Hawkeye. Didn't it have the, the Star Wars guy? Which Star Wars guy? When he was running away from the drone, he went to the cabin of the other agent, and it was the Star Wars dude with the big beard. Which Star Wars guy? You have to give me a little bit more than that. One of the newer movies. <laughs> one of the newer ones. He had a beard. Like Jason Isaacs you're talking yeah. about? No, no. Uh, uh, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. Was he in that? Yeah. Huh. I didn't even know. I got to rewatch that, man. It was a really great one, too. I have it, like, I think I have it both digitally and on hard copies, too. So I'll have I'm to sure check it do. out. So we'll, we'll work that into maybe our part two. So, yeah, that's good for our part one, man, of spy films, man. There's some really good ones. I'm telling you, if this is your genre and you haven't seen any of these movies, these are ones that they are, none of these are going to disappoint. None of these are like, every once in a while we'll do movies that, that you know, appeal to us for nostalgia purposes or, uh, or for whatever other reason. And these ones. These are all really highly sought after spy movies, and they all have great kind of elements. There's certain ones that have more of a lighthearted ones, like uh, obviously The Man from Uncle, Sneakers. Uh, I guess Ronan had a little bit more of the, uh, a lighthearted at times, but there's other ones that are just straight up serious as shit. The Conversation, The Lives of Others. Um, Three Days of the Condor for the most part. And then there's other ones that are like heavy on the action. Mm -hmm. Mission Impossible, From Russia with Love, uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Pie, no action in that. Nothing. There's there's zero action, but it's it's stressful. It that stress in it almost rivals yeah. the action sequences that you would get from Fallout. Action I I can watch Terminator see that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but when you can combine the both, that's why it's a that's really true, great. True. And there's not a whole lot of comedy spy movies. Man, that's what needs to be on my second one, the movie Spy with Melissa McCarthy. I have it. I'll, I'll let you borrow, borrow it. it. It's so fucking funny. My, I, mean, I lent it to mom. The, the, one, the stabbers. Yeah, that too, yeah. Well, I, I lent Spy to mom, and she's like, this is one of the funniest movies I've se seen in like the last 10 years. She's like, I cannot. She's like, I'm laughing so hard I'm crying. <laughs> and it was it was really good because Paul Feig put out a lot of those Melissa McCarthy movies at that time, and most of them were like, eh, you I know. never knew who she was, but Maria watched all of uh, all Gilmore of Girls, Gilmore Girls yeah, 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 yeah. series. Yeah, she's big in that series, yeah, man. She was, she's a huge character yeah. in that series, Suki. Uh, I've watched that series like three times just because it's my wife's favorite show and she can watch it all the time. A little but, too sappy uh, for me. But you, uh, yeah, and it has that moments. But it's great acting and great uh, storytelling, great character building. I mean, they built that whole town. There's like 30 big characters yeah, yeah. in that uh, show. That's, it has uh, literally the worst theme music ever. Yeah, uh, it's sickening. Yeah, it really sets the tone in a bad way it's at the beginning. Terrible. Yeah, it really and does. Stuck with it the whole series. Yeah, if you're starting the show and you're watching it and you're like, skip over the music. God, but don't want the music influence. It, it's smart though. It's it's a lot smarter than it lets on. But with uh, that spy movie, Jason Statham is so fucking hilarious really? in that movie. Every time you see him, he he's that type of guy that. Uh, I have I have eaten ten things that could kill a man. I'll break someone's finger just in a way that would make his brain explode. He like out, poke at his yeah, eyes. Every scene you you see him in, he's bragging about all the shit that he could do, <laughs> and it, it's really funny. It's one of the best comic elements that go throughout the whole thing. So yeah, part two we'll do in like a month or something. It'll be fun. But coming up next week, we next week we got SNL films, man. SNL films. <laughs> no, no, no. See, you gotta be pay attention to what's tagged here. Maybe I should. I think you should. Maybe put I should SNL put SMN in the tag just to be funny and see. See how many uh, likes it gets? I'm totally going to do that. You watch. I'm going to put SNL and then next to it, I'm going to put SNM. Like, there literally was no bondage in this at all. <laughs> yeah, well, you should have listened to the spy one. We would have told you that there is no bondage in it. But uh, <laughs> So we're going to do SNL films. I I've watched a couple that I, I watched. Like uh, I went back and watched It's Pat yesterday. Holy crap, dude. 
<laughs> Holy crap. Talking about the number one movie you can never do today. And it got a 2.7 on IMDb. It still made me laugh watching it because I remember the old sketch and everything. Mm. But this is the type of thing that they I can't believe they even went through and uh, made a movie of. And it, it's going to be fun to kind of talk about. Was that the and, what's he going? Ew, Julia Sweeney? Yeah, it's so great. It was pulled from the theater. It was pulled. Didn't, they not, didn't they not know who played Pat for years? Before? No, Julia Sweeney was a member of SNL. So. I know, but no. no the characters. The char- Nobody... No, she never came out and said I, she was the one that played that character. No, she was. Everyone knew it was Julie Sweeney. It was the characters that didn't know if it was a man or a woman type of thing. No, I know. But they pulled the. It made sixty grand worldwide. They pulled it, like before the week was over. <laughs> it might be one of the lowest-rated movies ever, or <laughs> made sixty thousand dollars globally, worldwide, grossed. <laughs> I wonder how much it's made. Oh my god! It must have cost a million. There's no way it cost under a million to make. So, Laura Michaels dropped uh, the ball on that one. She, she went. She did that character one more time for like some benefit right when it was happening, and then she never did it again. It's like an embarrassment stain to everybody involved. It's <laughs> but it's funny to rewatch because remember in the, in the SNL, David Spade used to play the character that was like also androgynous oh, that yeah, was opposite yeah, yeah. her, and he wouldn't do the movie. He's like, I'm not fucking doing that. So they got Dave Foley uh, from News Radio and Kids in the Hall, and <laughs> it's really, I like really myself some Dave Foley. I love Dave Foley, and he had been, he's dressed up like androgynous and as like a woman in Kids in the Hall for years, so we'll talk more about his Pat next week. But then after that, we've got uh, we've got a great Danny Boyle pod where uh, we picked uh, some really great films from uh, Danny. Have you watched any of them yet? Um, no. No. Good, mo- good some movies, of them I man. Don't even have to uh, watch them. Some yeah, yeah. Some like of mine didn't have to watch. I just, but I rewatched uh, in. Uh, I just watched Steve Jobs for the first time. Oh, so good. He's good, such man. A dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get more to that later, though. <laughs> and then me and Justin, we got a two-part Canon Films coming up, man. You want to hear some Chuck Norris and some Charles Bronson and some cheesy-ass great action flicks? Canon Films is going to be a great pod to listen to, man. We're going to rip on some of these movies. We're going to love on some of them, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And then probably after that, we'll maybe we'll do the Spy Part 2 after that. Uh, and so the next few weeks, we got some good... Uh, well, actually, after that, it's going to be our wild card. That's where we're going to all join forces again. Uh, the team will be back together, and we'll be having a great wild card episode. Some of these random maybe, movies we're watching. We're fall deeper into yeah, the I know. I mean, we never know what the next 14 days is going to uh, lead us. So we start we're going with the idea that we are going to be back together in the next few weeks. So hopefully everyone will be back to join us. But until then, if you want to check us out on Facebook, you can uh, you can see our page and the po- uh, pictures we post every Saturday when we drop an episode. You can also uh, check us out or leave a like or comment on SoundCloud or iTunes, our two platforms. Because unlike Rogan, we didn't sell our <laughs> we didn't sell our power we for a hundred million dollars to Spotify yet. Congratulations, Joe. We would. But we would if you want it. We will definitely give it to you. Uh, I will we sell out even go better. faster. We can even get a better price. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'd like to hold out for as much as I can get. But uh, <laughs> You get all the free coffee and... <laughs> Sold. <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, if you want to shoot us an email, it's fascinatingwithfilms at gmail.com. But uh, until next week, where it's me and Justin doing some SNL. It's me and Justin <laughs> doing some SNL. <laughs> Join us then. See ya. Bye. You poor dumb son of a bitch. You've done more damage than you know.